Cuddy used the conversation as a way to scout the area and discovered that there were many more guards waiting on the first floor of the inn. Rhyme told Nix the Mason asked for their company for dinner that night. The group refused the escort, but told Rhyme they would consider paying a visit to Mason. Cuddy broke off to scout ahead while Nix and Thrym decided their next course of action. Cuddy discovered that the Mason's front door was swarming with guards, and that Mason had an ogre under his employ as well. The group met up to visit Mason. They were invited in with no trouble at all, being led into a dining chamber by the Titanic Ogre, dressed in finer clothes than most civilized aristocrats. Mason soon floated into the room, a disfigured and paralyzed man. Mason wrote on a disc of magic, controlled by one, of it, one working arm and a wand. He invited the group to sit down. The only one to take up his offer was Cuddy. Nixon threw him leaning up against the furthest wall to show their displeasement for being summoned here in such a fashion. A human named Clint was somewhere in the city, and Mason craved revenge. For a large amount of gold, they were to bring Clint to Mason alive. Mason also told a party of one other motivator <clears throat> to work with him. He admitted to having contacts within House Fengrel of Manzo Berenson. They had a partnership with Mason of sorts, and they were looking for three figures matching our party's description right down to their names. Bring Clint back, Mason will tell them he had not seen them. Fail, and he would alert Nix's old house to their location. Mason soon rushed them out the door on a cold, blustery night. And that is where our story begins. So you guys are pushed back onto the street, or right outside Mason's mansion. Uh, a bunch of guards next to you kind of just eyeballing you as you were pushed out. Um, the giant ogre named Cordell slamming the door behind you. And what are your actions? What time of day is it? It is about uh, 11 p.m. What's that all about? You know, they invite us over to <clears throat> dinner. Offer us a job, but they don't even feed us? Well, he ate. Mason had his food. It's rather disgusting. Yeah, but that's not how dinner works. I didn't yeah. even get to eat anything. Don't you have food in your pack? I mean, yeah, but that looked good. I wanted it, some of it. Go back to the house and ask for some if you're so desperate. They didn't really seem to want us there anymore. <clears throat> so what do you guys think we should do? I I'm fixing to get my hands on that that dagger. That, that could be a nice addition to my arsenal. <clears throat> the dagger interests me as well. Do you think Seek would know anything about this? Couldn't hurt to ask. At the very least, you could point us in the direction of some barbers in town. Can't be that many. I don't know, though. I, I, I don't know if we need to kill this barber guy. I think he, had, I think he was on to something. I'm not suggesting that we kill him. <clears throat> would make good bait, could, uh, though. You would. Well, let's, let's talk to Zeke. If not Zeke, you can at least point us in the direction of Rhyme. Since Rhyme's already been on this case, 
that we can find out why he hasn't been found yet. Good idea. <clears throat> so, uh, we should just head back to the inn, and it's the well, it's nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could try and do something tonight. We can rest. I think you guys are probably more than happy to work through the night, though. This is much more comfortable. Yeah, I, I like this way better. Plus, nobody, like, makes those faces when they see us during the night. Faces? I kind of like those faces. You notice, like, everybody, like, getting all grumpy and frowny around us? No, people are always grumpy and frowny around They're just scared. Oh, great. (laughs) It's you, then? It's not me? It very well could just be me. Alright, well let's head let's head back to the inn then. The uh the tribor trough. Yeah, so I would say for the sake of having a conversation about your current employer, you wouldn't do that around the guards. So uh you guys have been having this conversation on your way back to the center of town. Uh, where, you know, the Tribor Trough is located at kind of a, a three-way crossroads right in the middle of the city. Um, you go there, and around this time, you see the, the people kind of going home. A lot of them look exhausted. Some of them look like they're coming off of shifts. You know, some of them have the the blacksmith attire on them. Some of them look really dirty, like they came from somewhere in the wilderness. Um, a lot of the, the, the shops are no longer lit up. The places are kind of boarding up their windows for the night. You do see a couple of the different other places where people are going to drink. They're shutting down too. The, the guard presence is a lot laxer, you guys are noticing as you're going through town. There's still the occasional patrol of like two or three, but nowhere near the, the practical swarm that you guys had seen uh, on your way uh, through the town the previous day. I'm sorry, earlier in the day. My apologies. So you get to the Tribor Trough, and it looks like a couple of the last remaining uh, drunkards are coming out, and you see uh, Zeke right at the uh, uh, front door, actually. He's escorting the last of the, the kind of holdout, last call people out of the building, and he, he, he looks a little calmer, then when you saw him last, especially considering his uh, upstairs window uh, got smashed and there was uh, demon blood all over the place. But he doesn't look like he's completely ready to rip out his giant pink mohawk yet, but um, you know him to be very uh, wiry and jumpy from the last time you spoke with him. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you get that that hole in your wall fixed. Your windows. Yeah, no, the, that guy showed up right as you guys guys left. Um, you get you guys must be exhausted. We got the that that room is still yours. You gonna let us stay here after all that? Well, you know that that big guy over there looks like he can handle his crap. So you know, honestly, like you guys stay here. I actually feel a little safer.
Well, you wouldn't happen to know of a, a barber in town. Nix is getting a little shaggy over there. Oh, uh... There's probably, probably a couple, um... You know, there's there's some some random old dude on the on the the side street over there. He's uh he's open most days. He'll, uh, he'll he probably won't cut you though. You know, uh, a couple of them get a little overzealous with their little blades. Little, strange little power trips those kind of people have. Think so? Oh, the last guy I went to to help me with this, and he points to the side of his head. He's got the pig mohawk, but it's bald on the sides. He tried to uh. Shame me off. I, I I laughed a little bit, and he ended up like slapping me in the back of the head. So I said, "Stop being a little pussy." You know what kind of business is that? You're not treating your people good. Uh, you know they're gonna go elsewhere. So I go to the old guy around the corner. Well, what about the, the guy who slapped you in the back of the head? Yeah, what? What was his name? Oh, that no, that I used to go to him. Uh, that guy. That that's uh, that's Ronaldo. Some, uh, some piece of shit. Uh, half-orc, I think. But I wouldn't refer you to him. Oh. Yeah, I think the old guy sounds a little bit nicer. I mean, I don't have hair. I wouldn't know. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a little geriatric, but, uh, he does a pretty good job. I mean, his, his arm's a little shaky when he, when he, when he, when he, when he shaves your head, but, uh, I don't know if you're, if you're just looking for a cut. I think you'll be okay. What do you happen to know a barber named Clint? When you say that, you see his body language go from kind of confident with you guys to like, like almost like droop down a bit. He goes, oh, "Where'd you hear that name?" It's not important. Do you know him? Um. Yeah, that that poor guy. Uh, he, he used to have a place. If you're if you're looking for him, no no one's seen him for for years now. I don't, I don't even know if he's still in town. Uh, yeah, that, that poor guy lost his family. Uh, his place burnt down, along with his house. Um, unfortunately, I think it's because of that prick up on the hill there. But yeah, he was a, he was a nice guy. Well, we heard when we were in Belliard, we heard that he's a he's a a great barber. That must have been a while ago, I guess. Yeah, no, his his house burned down about three years ago, and as far as I know, I've I haven't seen him since then either. But you know, he had a he had a like a cute little family, and he used to come here occasionally for drinks. He used to frequent a whole bunch of different bars. Uh, you know, kind of good that way, kind of spread out the money, but. You know, you can always tell a good business person from, you know, the shitty ones when they when they do things like that. But yeah, I, I haven't seen him in, in, in forever, but. You have any friends in town? Um, I know his his wife used to work at a seamstress's place. Um, he used to chat with everybody. I mean, I wouldn't call anyone a close friend to him, but uh, yeah, you could always. uh. Maybe, uh, maybe go see her. His wife, the seamstress. Zeke, would you happen to know if Clint was close in any way with Ryan? Um, not that I've ever seen. Occasionally, you know, you know, back when, uh, 
back when Rhyme actually used to just be a regular mercenary instead of one of the high ups on on Mason's payroll. He 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 was actually a half decent guy. Uh, you know, he comes off as a big front, but you know, he's not a bad guy. And occasionally, you'd you know, I suppose they used to have occasional conversations when they visited here, but uh, nothing nothing too special. In fact, the the last I heard, uh, you know, occasionally people ask about Clint. You know. Occasionally a guard or, you know, someone kind of reminiscing about the barber place that used to be over in the industrial section, but, you know, nothing too crazy. So his establishment used to be in the industrial section? Yeah, yeah, he set up over there. He, you know, the, this whole area has a bunch of them, but he wanted to kind of be away from them, kind of to maybe get people on the way home or something, I would assume. I made the mistake of making this in right in the middle of the town, but, you know... There's a bunch of other places to stay too, so you know, kind of get some of the business siphoned away if they, you know, see a bright ping mohawk. But I can't seem to let this thing go. Well, should we retire? Or are we gonna? Oh shoot! Wait a minute. I got this all wrong. Our plan was to was to work through the night. <laughs> My bad. I take that back. Are you tired, Cody? No. No, no. Just a, a little bit of privacy would be nice. Then why don't we go up to our room and discuss this? Before been... we go, Zeke... Oh. What do you know about Carvel? Carvel? Yeah, you mean Cordell, the, the big freak yes. he has up there? Yes. Uh, occasionally, you know, with the rare chance that Mason actually comes out of his little hidey hole up there, he always has that big, big ugly mug with him. Did he work for his father? Uh, no. As, as far as I know, I have I didn't I never used to see you know giant Titanic ogres in town uh, with his when his father used to run the mercenary company. Okay. Guys are asking some uh, weird ass questions tonight, but all right, you know what? You're you're a good guy, right? You're not a bad dude. I I, I try not to be be a bad guy around here. You know, facing off against the other bad guys, you probably get yourself killed. All right. Well, you know what? On that note, if you if you say anything bad about us, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. But, but I like you, and I trust you, and I don't think that you would ever do that, right? No, 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 no. I would, I would never do that. No. Once you, once you guys come inside, let's not talk on where it's drafty. Okay. Definitely kink that keep that pink hair. Works for you. I like. Oh, thanks. It. Yeah, no, I've had this ever since I was a kid. It, you know, kind of makes me stick out a little bit more. All right. Well, obviously, we just came from Masons. You you know that, and you know that suddenly we're asking about people that he's looking for. That's yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to say much, but yeah. Um, Look, we we don't like Mason either. 
the guy's an asshole. And he's he's disgusting also. I don't know if you've ever seen him in the past ten years, but he looks like he looks like chewing gum underneath that robe. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, he's like just one big ball sack. But uh we I don't even I there's really there's what he wants us to do he wants us to track down the guy so we can give it to him and I think we could learn something we could we could benefit from doing this but in the end we want to get rid of Mason too so if you've got some information spill it uh, make me a persuasion check perfect where is my first roll? Let's hope it's good. Twenty nine. Twenty. What? Fucking hell! Because uh, that's what I have my expertise, so I get double my persuasion, and I rolled a nineteen. Yep. Holy shit! All right, so I'm trying to get comfortable with it. He goes. I've uh, occasionally, you know, adventurers come through, and they uh. They end up seeing what the hell's going on around here, and, you know, they, there was another group that tried to do the same thing, and then the last I saw, uh, they weren't around anymore. Um, you just gotta be really careful if you're doing that. I mean, you see, he's got everyone here under his payroll. Like, as much as I, you know, strangely care about Rhyme, uh, he's, he's under his thumb, too. I don't, I don't know what it is. There's... There's some sort of weird magnetism to work for that guy. He 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 pays okay, but you know you'd probably get paid you know just as well going to work in like a uh, an ore mine or something. But they just kind of stick around. Maybe a little surge of power. I mean, Rhyme kind of walks around with a, a little attitude, but I don't know. Just 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 watch it. Watch it. Watch who you talk that stuff with. But well. I mean, we we do have a little bit of that to our benefit. Everybody thinks that we're under their payroll, under his payroll ourselves. That's true. So, we're all working for this same cause. We want to get the job done. Then we want to do like some extracurricular activities with the job, but it's our time. <laughs> well, like I said, the... Uh... The seamstress that works over there, um, that's where his wife used to work. She used to work as an apprentice there. Um, as far as I know, that's the only other person I know him or his family was involved with. Um, I know her, uh, Reba. But you might be able to talk to her. She's uh, actually a gnome, so occasionally I see her and chat with her. She's a little elderly woman. Little little curly brown hair, you know. She never went with like the bright, bright colors that I like. I thought that was kind of weird, but you know, that's her thing. Is but she I know, single? Ah, uh, uh, widowed, I think. Can work with that. <laughs> Zeke looks at you very quizzically. But uh, yeah, no, the place is called the Golden Thread, and that uh. That place, everyone kind of goes there for all their basic, you know, 
You rip open your tunic and should be really good with just taking care of it super quick. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, she calls it the golden thread, but uh, I've always gotten the impression maybe there's a little bit of magic in the, the needle she uses, but that could have just been me. But she, she used to work there. Um, she still does. But, you know, she unfortunately, like all the business here, I know, uh, I know you guys are probably familiar with, uh, being awake at night, but, uh, you know, everyone here kind of sleeps. No businesses are open except for, you know, a little desk. I'm, I'm probably going to be closing up in about half an hour anyway. You hear that, guys? <laughs> Guess you gotta tough it out. Get used to the sunlight. Do you know where Clint's old house used to be? Yeah, it was in in, in residential. It's down uh, Crown Street, that goes uh, to the to the west, just right over here. And he, he points off to his uh, right out the the door to the right. That road that leads off in that direction from the three way split. You, you, you used to find it down there. That was like three years ago. I'm I'm pretty sure they built over the place and they put they put like a little. Like, shine stall, I think it is. But yeah, he had his house over there, and then I think in the, uh, commercial area, he had his, uh, his barbershop, and both those burnt down, but I, I don't know what they put over there. I never go down those side streets there. Uh, people end up getting a, a jump nowadays if you go down there. Do you know of anybody that has been wronged by Mason so much that they would be a willing to take action against him. Not really. You know, all the all the places around here, they, you know, as much as I hate the the son of a bitch, I think like I told you before, uh, you know, we don't get raided by the uh the giants up in the hills. We don't get raided. We haven't been raided by the drow in forever long. Um, the mercenaries kind of keep it somewhat safe. You know, doesn't doesn't prevent me from worrying about my life every day, but, you know, that's probably just my personality. But, uh, no, everyone kind of just understands the deal we made when we, uh, decided to keep our businesses in Tribor. Well, I'm, uh, I'm gonna... Put my arm around little Zeke's shoulder. <laughs> slap him on the chest. Oh. You better you've been a great help. And you know, I was just kidding about the whole like killing you thing. Like but seriously don't say anything because I will kill you. No, 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 I won't, no. You guys have uh been super I'll helpful to me. You what? I'll eat you. Uh no, After I I, kills I don't me. think I'd enjoy that. Um no, you guys are you guys have been good to me, so uh you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to you guys. You guys you guys are you guys are, you guys are good people. So no, I, I I got your back. As much as much as I can do. I don't know about you two, but I want to go investigate the remains of his shop. Might as well. Do you mind uh, leaving leaving the door unlocked for us? I, uh, yeah, no, I'll I'll be up for a bit. I gotta still clean up in the in the kitchen, so 
If you need anything, just uh, just bang on that front door. I should be able to hear it from in the kitchen. We'll try Where not is... to break it down. Was his house and his shop in the same location? No, he his house was uh was in the residential district, and uh, his 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 other place his his barber shop was in the in the commercial. Yeah, because I know we asked about his house. But we didn't ask about his shop. His shop. I did. My bad. Alright, let's go check it out then. Yeah. There's uh, no reason not to. I'm still wide awake. I got a nap in. Yes, we did. Okay, so you guys are gonna head to where his... Uh, barbershop used to be, you said? Yeah, we'll head to the industrial area. Sure. Okay, so you guys go back out. Um, uh, Zeke, on, on your way out, had told you that that road um, is actually called the Tribor Trail. Um, it was the, so unique. It was the, it's the road you guys traveled on between Belliard and uh, Tribor itself. And you, you guys also didn't notice that the Tribor Trail also went to the south in the middle of the town. Um, so you guys went in that direction yet again, just a couple of guards, of course, eyeballing you as you went by. Uh, you guys just walking in the, the middle of the street like you own the place, or how are you going to be approaching the industrial area? Oh, I'm walking right down the middle of the road like I own the place. Okay. So, We've been technically hired by Mason. I'm not worried about shit right <laughs> so you see a couple guards that you you know a couple, they have the faceplates open but to your recollection you haven't seen them before um, a couple half orcs and humans as you've traveled by them uh, still fit that stereotype of like these big jacked big chungus men like fitting in this like very shiny like polished leather armor a couple of them have like studded mail and they're all carrying these very large uh, steel halberds that they have, like, holstered on their backs. So what you're saying is they're all covered in metal. In metal, in, in metal or, yeah, like, stu yeah, studded leather still have, like, the metal studs in there, yes. But they're definitely uh, armed to the teeth and uh, well fortified. So you go down the Tribor Trail... And you you look around as you're as you're traveling around, and a lot of the buildings look pretty well maintained. You guys are still getting used to how they are. Very much all all their merchandise are a lot of them that the the places have it right in the windows. So you see like a pottery shop, and right behind a thin pane of glass are the the pots and bowls and cups. And for for you you guys from the Underdark, that would seem like a very lucrative target to just smash and grab right in. So you find it odd that merchandise is really just behind a thin veil of glass as you're going by and you're seeing clothing shops where they have display windows and, and the such. And eventually you, you make it about halfway down and it's just a more rows and rows of a couple different shops. It looks like there's some sort of eatery nearby uh, where you had your conversation with uh, Rhyme when you came into town and he referred you to the Tribor Trough. There's like a, a couple businesses that 
look like they had little atriums to like place out tables and the such, but they've been long been put away. There are a couple uh, guards, um, probably about 50 feet away from you, coming towards you guys, and you can just b barely hear them muttering to each other, and they're just kind of looking at you and not really quite caring what you guys are doing out. So do you guys uh, keep going down the Tribor Trail? I figure we continue walking. Um, as we're walking, I'm going to kind of subtly talk to Thrym. Sleep. What is your curiosity with Cordell? I don't know. Something's just off. Well, he works for this guy, but he doesn't seem to like him. An ogre working for a tiny man on a metal disc seems a little out of place. What are you thinking? Well, it depends why he's working for him. Mason has something on him. He might be scared to go against him. However, at the same time, if Mason has something on him, he might need to get him out of the way. We can help with that. Are you considering Cordell as an ally? Could be. I'd have to actually have a conversation with him away from Mason and the guards. I don't know how likely that'll be. It's worth a shot. I wouldn't mind having a mountain on our side. And I doubt that many people around here besides me and him speak giant. I just don't exactly know how I'd be able to have a conversation with Well, you could have a conversation with him if we killed Mason. True. But that's not going to help us with the whole killing Mason thing. Because I'd rather not have to fight him if I didn't have to. Because we both know it's going to be me going up against him. I don't think Cuddy can take him. I mean, I think Cuddy can help. And if we have to, it's going to probably take both of us, if not all three of us. Cuddy, you think you could take Cordell by yourself? What? what? You think you could take on Cordell by yourself? Oh, yeah, of course. Loving the confidence. Uh, Cuddy, while uh, those two are having their conversation, can you roll me a perception check? Sure thing, boss. We got a solid six. Six? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> that's, that's the power of a nat one for you. <laughs> <laughs> so as they've been having this conversation, you've just been kind of looking at like little back alleys you've been going by, just kind of 
keeping your awareness around you and you're you're not really noticing anything. The you one thing you saw you saw a little pussy cat. And the, <laughs> the one uh the one thing that all of you guys are noticing is that um there aren't the last group of guards to walk by you was about five minutes ago. And currently in front of you and behind you on the Tribor Trail Road, there are currently no guards. Which you guys find a little odd. Yeah. Where's where are all the guards in this district? What do you mean? I didn't notice. What? There's no one around. The other districts, point. there were guards every five feet. There's no one here. As you say that, um, off to your right, uh, Nyx, you hear a very subtle voice come from one of the alleys saying, normally there would be two guards, but they're dead in this alley over here. And you look uh, over, and you can see some sort of shadowy figurette in your night vision just almost appearing to blend in with the shadows. You're not able to quite see the figure, but to your right in an alley, there's definitely someone slash something down there. Even with my superior dark vision, do I have a gauge on how far away they are from me? Probably the, the the voice wasn't yelling, nor was it whispering. It was it was pretty close. You would gauge uh, some somewhere in that shadowy area, about twenty to twenty five feet away from you. Can I light one dancing light directly above their head? You sure can. As you do that, it's as if the so the so when you cast that, does it immediately poof where you want it to, or does it travel from your body? Outward. I am not positive how Dancing Lights works. I want to say it just apparates where I need it to, and then I can move it from there. I think it originates from you, and you direct it like a. Well, even, even if so, I'll bring you know I, I'll, I'll okay. I'll bring up one small blue flame, and just kind of send it over in their direction. Okay, well, it does say range 120 feet, so I think you can... Right, but I think that's the distance in which I can move it. Or is that the range? Or is that the distance to which I can cast it? I think that's the distance to which you can cast that. So I could put it right over its head. Yep, you, you certainly could. So as you do that uh, uh, blue flame, you said? Yeah, usually it's blue. Okay, so as you do that uh, uh, blue flame... i get my thing here. Uh... A blue flame just appears right in the middle as if like a spotlight had been turned on. Uh, you all notice it's almost like the shadow itself wasn't just created by light because as the blue flame immediately illuminates it, it's as if the shadows go away from the light. It's not that like they just disappear, but it's almost like a veil was pulled away from the figure there. And you're noticing a middle-aged human male with a short clean crew cut where it looks like he's wearing a very expensive looking brown suit. He has a leather pouch on his left side of his hip, 
and on the right hand side it looks like he has like almost like a meat cleaver like hanging there and without even reacting to the light above him from going from complete darkness to a, a moderately illuminated light he goes if we're to talk move down here and get rid of that Fine. I snuff out the light. And you see him turn his back to you and walk further into the alley. Can I see anything else within the alley aside from the bodies? Strange business butcher. Uh, you notice there is a, uh, a rag on the ground uh, right where this person was standing. And it is uh, very uh, red. Like he just cleaned his blade with it. Potentially, yes. I don't feel like touching that. I'll pick it up, though. Do you need a tissue? Uh, I've already picked it up. Alright. So put in your inventory a, a handkerchief with soaked in blood. I'm not going to have it long. A little snack for later? <laughs> Use it to wipe his ass. I need a bigger <laughs> rag. <laughs> Alright, so you, you guys follow him down the path? Yeah, I'm going to keep my hand on the hilt of my sword as we sure. walk. Okay, you see in front of you now, it's as if whatever shrouded him to begin with is completely gone now because even though it's darkness after you uh, extinguish your light you can clearly see him in your dark vision as a a black and white humanoid person blob uh, go around the left hand side of the building. You guys are uh, sandwiched in between a couple uh, businesses it looks like. Uh, Their lights are all off, there's no other movement you guys aren't hearing anything, but as you go down the the hall, uh, you guys are getting a little smell of like iron in the air. Uh, point of order: How long has it been since we had since we arrived at Mason's house? You guys, we Ish. started at eleven, and it's probably closer after the conversation and eating some food with Zeke. It's probably close to one one thirty in the morning. So about three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So this figure had turned the corner to the left and you guys are about three quarters of the way down uh, the alley. And as you guys are going down, the the, the smell of iron in the air is, is increasing. Do we recognize the smell? Uh, you, uh, you guys probably would recognize it just because of the uh, environment you guys grew up in. Uh, definitely fresh blood has been spilt somewhere nearby. We already knew that. Like, lots. Can I see anything else in this alley besides the... I want to make sure we're not about to get jumped. Okay, uh, roll uh, perception check. Perception... Perceptions! 
18. 18. Uh, around the corner that you saw this figure disappear, it does look like there is a, a leg partially sticking out from the... And it looks like it has like this rather heavy-looking boot on the foot. What are the buildings made of? The buildings are made... The one on your left is actually made out of wood. Um, you're not entirely sure what kind of wood. The one on the right, it looks like it's um, assembled through like basic cobblestone. So would you say I could hide against it? Yeah, if you leaned up against it, yeah, you'd get uh, advantage yeah, on a stealth roll if you were trying to sneaky Yeah, dicky. I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, I'm... As soon as I see that leg, I'm stopping. Okay. Cuddy, what are you doing? I'm uh, I'm I'm lurking like at least ten feet back. Okay. Yeah. No one's ever gonna see me. I just rolled a nat twenty, which would be a twenty-two. A twenty-two. Okay. <laughs> you you are you are practically a pile of cobblestone against that building. You hear a, uh, a sigh come from around the corner. Yes, the guards are back here. If you want to chat, let's make this quick before the other patrol comes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be watching, like, with the way that we came into the alleyway. Okay. I will slowly approach the leg to make sure that it's just a body. Sure, okay. So you're kind of like easing pace. around the corner to take a look? Yeah. I'll keep pace pressed up against the wall. Okay. So Nick's in front of you, and you guys are lagging behind, so Nick's body is kind of in the way of what you're able to see. Uh, Nix, you see a definite body of, of recognizable armor of one of the one of the mercenaries. And it looks like the, the stomach, as you come around the corner, the stomach portion looks like it had a horizontal slash all the way from, like, the side of the stomach to the other side of the stomach. So there's, like, entrails kind of pouring out, oozing slowly. And right where the, the leg is sticking out, a pool of blood is starting to kind of gather around that leg around the corner, which you guys are able to see from behind Nick's. Could have done a better job cleaning this up. I'm not entirely worried about this, but yeah, this fight didn't exactly happen the way I wanted it to. How else could you have wanted it to go? Well, usually I knock. Killed. Well, usually I try to knock them out and uh, take care of the fluids elsewhere. I'm sorry, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> Alright. He looks over, you see the, the figure there of the of the human you illuminated from before, and his his cleaver is still attached to his hip, and he has his he has his hands like just kind of crossed across his chest. He's leaning up against the wooden building uh to your left, to the back of it. Alright, stranger, where are we going? I had a feeling you guys would be here. This right here, and he knocks on the wood. 
is the green grass feedery. I figured if you guys were looking for my previous place of uh, business, you'd be coming somewhere around here. It was right here that my barber shop got burnt down. Then I see your skill with all blades clipped. Strangely enough, just a pair of scissors, a straight blade, and this cleaver. How about a dagger? I had to use a dagger once. It served its purpose of sorts. And where is it now? Would you believe me if I told you that it wasn't in this realm of existence anymore? I gently place my hand on the hilt of my sword. Yes, I'm fairly familiar with non-planar weapons. Ah, you know exactly what uh, what that was then, for the most part, I would assume. You seem like you uh, know a little bit about magic yourself. A touch? How did you shroud yourself from us earlier? Uh, one of my tricks I picked up quite a few years ago. Kind of makes it so normal illumination won't pierce it, but magical, not so much. That's how I kind of get around town here. And as he says that, uh, you look over at the... He, he looks at the dead guard and kind of like kicks the other foot. Now, if you were to ask Mason, he would probably say he's not missing any guards. The truth is, this is the fourth one this week. Well, Mason seems rather full of himself. <laughs> He's the kind of one that wouldn't show any weakness, even as the guillotine would fall upon his head. He doesn't need to show weakness. He is weakness. He... All men in power are weak. This guy cracks a smile. He goes, so... I've been observing the people coming in and out of this town. If I had to guess, Mason wants you three to find me. It's not wrong. I thought what does he from like down the alley, you just hear I think we gotcha. <laughs> so so what uh what does he have over you? He has a target on our heads. He's offering to remove it in exchange for you. That's a shame. I'd rather wash it away with his blood. Seems, uh, you and I have something in common. You see him actually walk uh, closer to you, Nyx, and his gaze is try to to look around the corner and right as he gets to you he just kind of like puts his hand on the wall and glances like down the alleyway he points to the two stealthy people over in the corner you guys should probably 
come around the corner too, just in case the next patrol should be coming uh, any moment now. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn around and look for Thrym on the wall. Okay. I, I would assume you you would you would know Thrym's tricks. You well, being yeah. uh, of a stealthy <laughs> approach yourself. Okay. Well, I rolled a 17 perception, so I'm just going to try as I turn around and like join the group. <laughs> I'm just going to give him like a quick jab to the stomach wherever I think he is. If I punch a wall, I punch a wall. I'm be like, it looks like he found uh, you. Okay. 22 stealth for the 17 perception. I'd say you punch a fucking rock. Yeah, you should. <laughs> well, there's also the essence of luck in there. I know that he's on the wall somewhere. He is. <laughs> Alright, so maybe you punch him in the nez. Where's my other? That'll do. Alright. If he does find me, I want to catch his hand. With a percentile die, I rolled a 15%, so I'd say yeah, you just you just punch a big block that you thought was maybe his arm. And you just have this pain. But then next to you, you you notice the next block of cobblestone kind of shift a little bit towards you. I didn't understand anything that was just said, but he found me. No. Kind of. No. no he punched I'm the wall. To, he punched the wall no, and no, then noticed like a little bit of your body no, no. shift. No, I'm I'm talking to Cuddy. Oh, 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 oh. He knows you're here. Just come out. Apparently, <laughs> you didn't, though. Well, I knew you were somewhere. Well, I did see three of you out in the road. So, yeah, I'll come off the wall. Like vans. And then I'll just. <laughs> I'll take that bloody handkerchief and just toss it onto the dead bodies and just say, leaving shit like this around isn't smart. Well, gotta leave a little bit of a calling card, don't I? I take quite a bit of pride in this. Well, what did anything to you? I'm not sure what he told you. Well, you guys may actually be the ones to help me out, so... He, uh... Not directly, mind you, but he managed to kill my wife and daughter. So I have had a rather fierce vendetta against him for the past three years. Was this before or after you tried to kill him? Oh no, I... I've been here for it all. I've... He, he realizes he's kind of getting a little bit more impassioned, so he kind of quiets his voice down again. He's... I've been here since he took over for his father. Everything was fine. I had my business, my wife had hers and then the calls for protection money came in now i 
I come from Waterdeep myself, but I don't put up with that shit. Unfortunately, I got jumped in an alley one day. And, uh, for not, for not giving him a tithing of his choice. The next time, uh, they almost tried to burn down my place of business and failed that time. And then after the third time, I came home from work one day and found my family dead in their beds. And here we are. So that's when you went and you, you stabbed them and tried to, what, burn them alive or something? Oh no, his disfiguration was of his own doing. He uh, nice. has an affinity for f fire magic. Okay. How did you come to acquire the dagger? Before I go into too much, there should be a guard patrol coming within the next three or four minutes. It seems like we have a common goal. Would you agree to potentially commit a little murder with me? I have no problems with murder. Excellent. He goes. DM. Yes. What language is this happening in? Good question. This would be this would be common. Yeah, so I don't. So the entire time it's like blah blah, blah blah blah. Occasionally you hear like Mason. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll totally turn, be down for murder, but <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll turn to Thrym and in under common. Do you feel like killing a couple of guards with us? Oh yeah, hell yeah. You know me. Killing things is my hobby. Cutting, do you have an whoa, opinion? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I I like killing people too. It's it's good sport, but why do these guys need to die? Does there need to be a reason? Yeah. Why? What do you mean? They were making you, fun of your mother. If you if you had a if you had a, a friend, would you want him to just be would you be oh. cool with Nick's being killed just because someone decided that he was walking through the wrong area of town? That's the nature of the world. They it's wouldn't not, be able actually. to kill Nick's because I'd be there. Okay. You're sleeping at the hotel and Nick's is doing some brooding off on the edge of town all by himself and he gets jumped by a bunch of guards and they fucking murder him. Would you be happy about that? Nyx did what Nyx did. It's his own fault. Convince me, Clint. Wait, I'm sorry. I wasn't following that conversation. Convince me. Why do we need to kill these guys? Oh, I was mainly talking about Mason, but yeah, anyone who stands in my way, I think, should die. Oh, well, I mean, I thought we were talking about the next round of guards coming through. If you want to, if... Oh, oh no, no, my, my apologies. Those 
I, I merely kill the guard that was going to be near our rendezvous point. See, there's a purpose behind that killing. Take note, Thrym. Nix. Hey, a dead body's a dead body, dude. Pretty sure we've collected a few together. And we had plenty of reason to kill them. But just, just, just like kind of like, almost like things. this, he's been very stone-faced up until this point, but he sees you guys like having this conversation and judging by your body language and how you're using your hands, he almost like cracks a smile as if he kind of gets you guys are almost talking about some like morality thing in regards to murder. Cuddy, this is a strange side to you. I didn't realize you had morals. I'm here for a good time. <laughs> and since when has killing people not been a good time I don't want to kill anybody who's also here for a good time if they're a problem you take care of it but if they're not a problem I don't see why we just but that's besides the point if it's Mason he is the, he is a problem yeah, and so, so is it anybody that works for him. It is... It's a little hairy. Getting to be early morning now. I need to dispose of this, but I plan on doing this tonight. I've been waiting for the right moment, and I've eliminated enough of his guards to be semi-confident that I could get away with a suicide mission. But if you guys were to come with me, I might actually make it out of there. And hopefully whatever he has held over you in regards to it, a price on your head, will go away. Not likely, but it would at least hinder the price. Okay. If we're to help you in this, I want to know where you got that blade. Do you know where the golden thread is? Yeah. Heard of it. Alright. Meet me there tomorrow night. I'll explain it to you. Speak with uh, Reba Moonlight. She's the only one there. Uh, wonderful gnomish woman. Uh, there's a little place out back. If you're serious about this, meet me there tomorrow night. Meanwhile, and he looks over your weapons that you have dangling on you, there's a couple places in town you could potentially get some supplies at if you needed them or whatever you'll need for tomorrow night. I would uh, recommend checking that out for uh, catching some sleep and meeting me there. How close are we to the body? Uh, you, you're the closest one. You're maybe about five feet away from, uh, Clint. As he went to go examine around the corner, he brushed by you and then went back to, like, his original spot. Uh, so in between you and him, like, almost at equidistance, you're about four, four and a half feet away from the body that's slumped up against the wooden building. During that whole conversation about the dagger and where to meet up, I was kind of just 
using prestidigitation to get the blood off the ground. Okay. Because it was seeping close to my feet. So there's like a radius around your foot that it won't like encroach? Yeah, it, it, just, it won't touch me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to search the dead bodies because that's what Thrym does. Okay, you go to do that, and Clint puts a hand up, looks you in the eye, and says, This one's mine. He did make the kill through. He would prefer that you don't touch it. Fair enough. You notice he actually takes out a threaded needle. He goes, Well, gentlemen, if you'll indulge me a little bit, I need to get this back to the place I'm playing around with this and he begins to take the needle and thread and rips open where the cut was and like thread it back over have fun with that and I just start walking out the alley okay I'll give two fucks what he does with a kill <laughs> I'm just gonna follow next yep okay so you guys get out of the alley it's a nice, brisk 2 a.m. at this point after this weird conversation in the back alley. Um, you actually do see a group of guards headed your way um, from the outside of town coming towards the center. And as usual, they're not really giving you too much of a heed. They're just kind of staring you down a little bit. Yeah. And you guys are back on the Tribor Trail. Do we want to investigate the golden thread beforehand so we at least know where we're going tomorrow? We got an Probably idea not a bad idea. I'm not sure it's a bad idea to at least check it out first. Sure. Howdy, what were you saying? I was going to say it's. We know where it is. We're going to go there tomorrow know who who Clint is supposedly but yeah why not we've got time if you're concerned about rest we don't have to be out long I know you're tired no. cutting that's that's not a concern just feel like we might there's not much to gain from going there it's just a shop i like to know where I'm going before I go there. To do it. Okay, so you guys head back to the center of town. Did I put that information? Information. All right, so the uh, in area you guys need to go to, you had spoken with um, Zeke about that. And the place you need to go is actually 
uh, very close by to where you guys are. It's down one side street off of the Tribor Trail in the industrial area. Um, it's it's uh, one of the side streets, so you're not getting too much of the guards. Uh, you do notice as you go by there, it looks like there's like one like beggar who's like fallen asleep on like the side on your right hand side as you travel down the road. Um, looks like he's got like some bulky clothes on, so he actually doesn't look totally like fucked up out there. Um, but besides that, no guard patrols at all. And you're seeing at this point, you guys have walked by a couple um, of different buildings that, that are involve like uh, clothing. Uh, mostly, there's looks like there's like a leather working shop and strangely a tannery next to it. Um, so you're getting like some of like the reeky smells of that kind of lingering. Um, and on the right hand side, you actually see two different uh, tailor shops. Uh, nearby, so you have the Golden Thread and the the hell did I put the name for that? The Righteous Calf, <laughs> and they're both next to each other. And uh, the Golden Thread actually has like one of those dangly signs that's a spool of thread. Uh, the other one doesn't seem to have a sign on it, but it does have something on its front door. And you are noticing on the golden thread, there is a faint amount of, like, candlelight that's kind of flickering inside. I'm gonna approach the, the door. See if okay. it's locked. Uh, are you doing the stealth thing, or are you just walking right up? Let's throw a little stealthy flare on there. A little stealthy stealth. 16. 16. So you make your way up there. Um, it has like a little wooden porch to it. Um, with that roll, you, you don't make any creaks or noises as you get up. And it looks like one of those like handles with like the thumb lever on it that would raise up a, a thing. You guys are used to just doors that open and close normally. Um, and as you go to do that, it doesn't make a noise, but you can tell there's a resistance to it, and it, it is currently locked. And I'm gonna whisper behind me, are we doing the whole breaking and entering thing? I had no intention of going inside, Cuddy. I just wanted to know where it was. Oh. As I'm like slowly, like, putting all of my thieves' tools back in the pouch. <laughs> we don't want to ruin our welcome before we're due. Oh, I had I another you... thought. Since you enjoy being stealthy, Most people of power will keep their homes heavily guarded. Most guards will run on patrols. Do you think if we were to go investigate Mason's house right now, we could ascertain some kind of pattern to his guard patrols? Maybe find a gap that we could take advantage of to get inside the house? That could work, but usually need to stake out a place for a couple of days make sure that they're consistent 
I have another idea. Well, let's head back to the inn before we discuss it. Okay. Okay. So it takes a little while for you guys to get back to the Tribor Trough. And you go up to the door, and the door is locked. I'm going to start to knock for us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll take man to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to start banging on the door. <laughs> All right. And from inside, you hear, like, you hear a glass shatter right as you start banging on the door. <laughs> and, like, you just hear, duh, 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 and the door, like, pops open. And then very slowly, like, the door opens, and then the, the bright pink mohawk is what you see first as Zeke peeks through the door. Oh, you're, 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 you're back. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, come on in. Zeke. Yeah, yeah. Who did you talk to? I didn't talk to anyone. You guys were the last ones I spoke to. Don't lie to me. I'm, I'm I done. my sword. No, 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 I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I know, you're a good guy. Oh, oh. Put my sword back. Jeez. You fucking guys. Oh. Oh. oh, fucking assholes. Get in here. I'm going to look over at Nick's. I didn't know you had a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I like instilling fear. Well, You're sick. You, you almost made me piss my pants, so uh, mission accomplished. You guys uh, come on in, and Zeke uh, locks up the door. So, do you got? Do you guys find what you were looking for? In part. Oh, good. Uh, good. I I don't have any more food for you, but uh, you're uh. Your beds are all ready to go upstairs. I wanted to ask you something, Zeke. Yeah? What's your connection with Rhyme? You bring him up fairly often. You've mentioned that he tends to bring business to you. But you've also said that he's fairly shifty. And somehow he's managed to work his way into a position of power underneath Mason. What's his deal? Well, Becca... Back when I first started this place, you know, the, the, the neighborhood wasn't exactly very good. It was before uh, Mason took over and uh, I'd have this guy come in and he'd uh, he, he'd occasionally, you know, beat the shit out of some people and, uh, you know, kind of do bad bets and shit like that. And I eventually told him he couldn't come back anymore. And then uh, he kind of opened up to me one night. He was drunk off his ass and, you know, he was a, he was a decent guy. He just had, you know, some anger management issues. Turns out he kind of got away from a, a squad of thieves. He was the he was the muscle of them. Not much for sneaking around. And uh, I, t I told him uh, if he was down on his luck, the uh, the mercenaries were probably hired if he wanted a steady job. And he, he got in. And he, he, he seemed to really enjoy it. He was, a, he was a good guy. He kept coming on over. And then, uh, we had a good friendship, and then Mason kind of took over, and uh, for some weird reason, he he rose up to being one of the one of the captains of uh, all the mercenaries. And ever since, I haven't seen him too too much. He uh, kind of sticks to himself, but I, I can tell he doesn't like doing it. I I can tell he he, he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to strong arm anybody. But I'm not sure what what kind of bullshit's going on. But 
you know, he, he doesn't want to be there either. I don't think anybody under his employee actually wants to work for him. See, guys? This is why you always find out why you should kill someone before you do. Wait, no, no, you guys are going to kill Rhyme, are you? I just meant in general. Okay. Besides you guys, he's pretty much like my only friend in town, so... Please, please, please don't kill him. We'll save him for last. No. Are you joking? I was already going to throw him out a window. Jesus. What? Please, please don't do that. No, no, uh... You know, if you, if you if you guys got beef with him, come to me. I can uh, I can try to smooth it over. That way, uh, he you know he doesn't get his throat cut or nothing. Can I do an insight check on Zeke? Sure. Yeah. What are you looking for? I want to know if he's telling me the whole truth, but I'm also a little curious if this little man's got a crush on Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Roll me an insight check. Fuck that, seven. Seven? <laughs> as far as you can tell, he's very sincere. You you don't, from that, get any sort of uh, romanticized feelings, but you can tell by kind of trying to peer into him that he, he, very, he very much values Cole in his life. Or seems Sorry. to. Values who in his life? Rhyme. Hmm. Did I say Cole? He did. That. He yeah, did. Rhyme Cole. It's his name. That's his name. <laughs> he did announce him as Ram Cole before. <sighs> making sure it wasn't another DM slip. Hey, no DM slips tonight, boys. I'm trying super hard. Who knows, by the end of this campaign, we'll be... And we won't remember why. <laughs> So what? What, do you, what do you, are you guys uh, going back out again? Or are you gonna be getting some rest? We'll be headed up to our room. We have some things to discuss. All right, I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for any uh, freaky ladies who are gonna come visit and try to try to warn you guys ahead of time this time. Okay. We appreciate that. I don't want to stain your floors again. Oh no! Yeah, you were uh, you were right. That shit just kind of you know disappeared into nothing. Told you I did my research. Be a maid. All right, so you guys are getting some shut eye. Yeah. We're heading up to the room, but I wanted to to discuss a plan for tomorrow, tomorrow evening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my bad. Clint is our easiest ticket to get to Mason. What if we were to feign his capture? Um, it could go either way. Well, honestly, like what is what's to say that this isn't like a he we bring Clint to him and he swarms the room with like a hundred guards. I don't know that he would. This feels a little personal. A little yeah. too personal. Yeah, but the guy's a fucking snake. 
he might have already talked to what's her name and and ratted us out. So I what was her name Rain? Mm. Uh it seems like a win-win for him. He gets he gets his man and he gets to to garner favor with them. It does seem like something he would do. I'm just trying to think of an easy way into the mansion for all four of us. And the only way to walk through the... The only way for Clint to get through those doors is, is if he's in chains. Well, it does kind of seem like he has a plan of sorts already. You think he knows a way in that we don't? I think that might be the case. Because it would seem that uh, his practice lately is only killing guards. It sounded like his intent was to fight his way in. He did mention that it was a suicide mission. I don't know that he was planning on sneaking in. I think he just wanted to cause as much damage as he could and then attempt to get to Mason. Could be, but I think he would... His main goal is to kill Mason. I don't think he planned on getting out. Do you think the guards would uh, turn on us if they knew Mason was dead? Or do you think they would... What do you think they would drop their arms because their leader is gone? Depends. Depends how much they like him, I guess. I don't, I don't think anyone likes him. I think they yeah. like the paycheck he provides. Right. That's, that's kind of what I meant. So perhaps we kill him and leave his vault open. That way, everybody's interests are met. Well, I think no matter what, if we if we do this, if we pull it off, we gotta be ready to make a quick escape from the, the town, just in case. Agreed. You're right. I do see another problem with bringing Clinton and Chains, though. When he was changed. when he was talking with us, from what you guys told me, he was planning on having his healers there to revive him, revive Clint, to keep him alive as long as possible while he killed him. So if we bring him there, the healers will be there. And that's going to make killing him much tougher. Unless the healers are hired hands. True. But again, it's all... It takes a special... It does take a special kind of evil to take part in a torture like that. And from... For many people, that kind of evil comes with a cost. But if that cost isn't provided, maybe they won't be interested anymore. How do you propose we take away that that payment? Killing Mason. My assumption, however, is that the healers will 
be brought in until after Mason feels that he has Clint secured. If we just walk in with Clinton chains, he may not have his healers lined up yet. He may have to call them in. We may have a small window before the healers get there. True, but his guards are everywhere. So chances are one's going to see us walking towards his, his place with them and it's going to get passed down the line and he's going to know before we get there. I did say a small window. Look, it's either this or we burn down the whole fucking city. Why not both? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that kill a bunch of people and that's what we're not supposed to do? Well, we give them ample warning. Once you once one house goes up, all we got to do is wake everyone up. The rest of them are going to go. Oh no, there's a fire. Everybody run. No. Starting a fire would be a decent distraction. I'd imagine there'd be a bunch of guards there trying to figure out what's going on. I just think Actually, you bring up a good point. What? Setting up a distraction away from the mansion. Something to draw the guards' attention, thin them out at the mansion. Well <clears throat> guess we can do some some arson. <laughs> well, If I know my spells well enough, I should be able to set at least a few buildings on fire simultaneously. Why don't we, why don't we meet up with with Clint tomorrow (laughs) and we'll make a decision from there? Because he might have a friend. You're the one that brought up Arson. I'm just rolling this. No, Thrym brought it up. I'm just, it's a good idea, but I, I don't think uh, I don't think us planning too heavily is going to be very helpful if Mason has a completely different idea of what he wants to do. Not Mason, Clint. <laughs> I'm sure Mason has his plans as well. Who knows? Maybe this entire thing is a suicide mission, and the four of us just walk up and kill as many guards as we can, go after. Mason, Thrym, maybe you'll get to have a conversation with Cordell before. I guess we should see what Clint wants to do. At least figure out his plan and see if we can possibly work some other things into it. I suppose at this point we should try to get some rest. Maybe we can see the marketplace tomorrow. 
see if we can stock up on anything we might need. Thanks to our assignment from Mason, we seem to have a somewhat of a free pass in this town. Yeah, that Off seems like our best option. The bed! The bed. Right. So I'm assuming you guys do your uh, the same kind of thing you did. You got Cuddy kind of security camming the room and uh, during your meditation nicks you guys are just kind of passively keeping a ear out for anything crazy we do the same thing as we did before from sleeping on the door cuddy facing the door i'm facing the window okay all right is that how we're rolling this yeah that works for me we're just a suspicious bunch yeah right well yeah had a target on our head since we walked into this fucking town. So, uh, you... Cuddy, you notice in your state um, that the room gets a little brighter and you're definitely under the assumption that uh, it's becoming morning now. Um, you're you're hearing the occasional uh, chatter outside uh, your window as uh, business is starting for the day. Your two compatriots are, are dozing away. Um, so that was probably three in the morning, and you're probably looking at eight or nine now in your Nick. internal cutty clock. Nix is oh. awake. Okay. Well, I've been awake since about seven. And Thrym is still snoring away. Yep. So now it's approaching 10, 10.30. And presumably, Thrym, you'd be waking up at this point, too. You guys wake mm. up, and the, the sunlight coming through your window is an unwelcome sight for two of you. You hear some birdies chirping and some, you know, people talking. And you hear a little bit of noise coming from downstairs from the bar area. But besides that, it is a, a nice, brisk... Sunny morning outside. Taking that fresh air. Do you ever get used to this light? Yeah, don't be a baby. That's all. I spent... Or 200 years in a cave. This isn't me being a baby. I'm not built for this. Well, in that case, maybe it's going to be miserable forever. Or at least for as long as you're here. That hurts. That hurts, man. (laughs) Really hurts. Would you care to do some shopping? Maybe we could find some potions. Yeah. God knows we'll need them. Which god? And why do they know about us? 
just whichever one that you prefer. Whichever one's looking over you. A strange turn of phrase. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Alright, maybe I don't need potions. <laughs> Do you guys need anything from the marketplaces? Or Thrym, perhaps we could swindle someone out of some fancy boots again? I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, we've got time. Besides, I got some things I'd like to see if can be made into weapons. Good blacksmith would be worth checking out. Well, let's go ask Zeke. Perhaps he'll be able to point us in the right direction. Thrym, make sure you stomp as, loud, as loudly as you can going down these stairs. I want to make sure he's up. Okay, I could do that. Okay, so you guys make it down the central staircase into the uh, open common of uh, the Tribor Trough, stomping your way all down. As you guys go down, there's probably half a dozen patrons that are just staring at Thrym as he's like just coming down on those poor wooden steps, threatening to break through them in a heartbeat. And Zeke just kind of like looks up and winces like he expects every single time that he steps down that something is just going to snap. I'm going to get to the bottom of the staircase, look at all the people, and just scream good morning and meet giant. Oh god. Everybody jumps. And then just kind of like they start to avoid eye contact at that point and go back to their drinks and breakfast. And Zeke is like, "Hey, Dave, what are you guys? What are you guys doing? Besides scaring my customers, yeah, got to make an entrance." <coughs> oh, I just kind of okay. lean over. Thrym, was that even a word? It's just good morning. Very loud. Well, you said you wanted to make sure everyone was awake. I wanted to make sure Zeke was awake, not the entire city. Well, now the entire city's awake. Alright. Means the shops are gonna open. walk up to the bar, wait for Zeke to, his tiny little legs to come over. I was going to ask for a, just ask for a glass of water. Yeah, Dad, you got it. Just reach over and then just le jumps up onto the counter a little bit to hand you the glass and just plops back down behind the counter. You know, I've been, uh, I've been patroning this, uh, this, this place for Forever now, you'd think I would get smart and maybe build a higher floor back here, but uh, guess it's something I haven't thought about before. Suppose it's good exercise. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's why us gnomes live so long, is we gotta climb over all the shit that humans built. Shitting on humans. Proud of you. Hey, you know, it's, you know, kind of fun. 
Everybody, we have some everybody has their own fetish. Is he, is he talking about sex again? <laughs> I believe he is. He's got a one-track mind, doesn't he? Just a bit. Two, it's kind of thing two. for little people. Yeah. He kind of like goes like flat when you said that to him. <laughs> he said something about wearing them like sleeves. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> Patrick. Did you want Hey, at least it's not a fish person. We had no romantic involvement through him. Sure, you didn't. That was your it's fantasy. As That's you guys are doing this, he, he's like offering up these like plates of like fruits and vegetables and stuff, and like a little like it looks like like chunks of like ham, like ham cubes are being like offered up to you guys too, and he's like beckoning you guys to sit down. What are you doing? We can't afford this. No, oh, I'm 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 not worried about it. I'm just gonna start eating. I'm going to peg at the fruit and sip on my water. Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we may be in need of a blacksmith. Okay. Uh, one, uh, the one I would recommend is uh, called the Coat of Arms. It's uh, it's down the industrial street. It's got uh, two, two swords crossed over each other right in the front. Crossing swords. Yeah. Crossing swords. <laughs> Guys, are we in seventh grade again? Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, are there any other shops in town you might recommend? We may have a large job ahead of us. Oh shit! There's a there's a general store right right down the street here called the Rusty Coin. That one uh, that one's got a little bit of everything in it. If you're if you're looking for knickknacks and doodads and and random shit, the guy the guy sells occasional like magic items and shit that you know some of the soldiers end up pawning off. A lot of them are really addicted to gambling around here. All right. What's gambling? Uh, you know, you bet money on things like dice games and uh, you know, the games of chance and stuff. Oh, yeah, man, you're gonna love it. All you have to do really is you just need to pass judgment on whatever you're betting, and then you just go all in on it. I love uh, passing judgment. I'm uh, in. I mean, that's a that's a high risk thing, but yeah, that's that's a strategy. If I can pass judgment without being attacked, gladly I'll do it. The thing is, a lot of other people are passing judgment on you. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying, if you're doing it, odds are someone else is. Good point. It's nothing I'm not used to. But at least now I can pass judgment without being whipped. 
Oh! Well, sorry that happened in the past. Yeah, up here, usually, uh, the worst thing that happens is you get into a fist fight with somebody. Well, that's why I've, I have him, and I kind of nod towards Thrin. Thrin. I mean, it wouldn't be much of a fight, but... So should we head out then? Have you eaten your fill, Cuddy? Yeah. Let's go find these crossing swords. <laughs> Those who cross swords will be found. Alright, so you guys are going to the coat of arms first? Yeah, might as well. Okay, so you walk down the uh, the same street, the Tribor Trail, that you went to before you met uh, Clint. And on the left-hand side, uh, you do eventually find uh, two swords crossing next to a building. Uh, a couple other blacksmiths that you passed, but they all had like different weird names and stuff like that, but you guys were specifically looking for the coat of arms. Um... And you did find it. It, it. At this time of day, the hustle and the bustle of the city is pretty prevalent. Uh, lots of noise where you guys are going, the clanging of the hammers on the anvils, and people hawking their wares, and even like traveling fruit vendors and stuff like that. Uh, still a shit ton of guards, um, but they actually seem a little bit more jovial during the day. They, they don't seem to have too much of a chip on their shoulders as they're kind of walking around. Once or twice, though, you do see them kind of go into, like, a place of business and then walk back out as you're passing. Um, so you are still kind of seeing them do their intimidation shit occasionally. But, so you guys eventually reach the coat of arms. And it looks like this is, like, an indoor area versus a lot of other blacksmiths are kind of doing it out in the open next to, like, forges and, you know, the little buckets of water, the barrels of water that they're dousing shit in. So you guys head on in? Yes. You see, uh, I'll translate for you. Thank you. You see uh, a big bearded half-orc with, of course, you know, typical bulging big thick arms. The the beard is uh, a little on the, the, the gray side, but a lot of black streaks still in it. And he's he's a little on the short side of being a half-orc compared to a lot of the other half-orcs you've seen in the city. Um, and he welcomes you all in with his big open arms. He says, Welcome to the Coat of Arms! Come on in! Look, we got shit to sell. And with that, he loses all of his bluster, and he kind of just, like, relaxes again. He goes, ah, now that I did the uh, sales speech, uh, what do you guys want? I'm going to pull out the... Drider arms with the chains and the glowing crescent blades. Jesus fucking Christ. And I'm gonna look at him and say, Do you think you could make this into a weapon for me? Uh what kind of weapon do you think you'd want? Well, I could see it being an axe of sorts, but you're the expert. What do you think you could make out of it? Yeah, those uh, those blades on the end. Holy fuck! What the hell made those? It was an interesting-looking spider-human thing. Spider-human thing. Holy Jesus! What the fuck do you guys get into? He, he he looks at it. He goes, 
Ugh. I, I could take a look at it, uh... I'm getting the impression that there might be some sort of enchantment on this shit, but... Yeah, if you're looking for an axe, you said? Yeah. That's what I could see, but like I said, you're the expert, so if you think you could make something better out of it... Well, I'm looking at, uh, both those blades. I suppose if you kinda... melded them together, you'd be able to haft a, uh... an axe handle onto that fucker, uh... I don't know, I'd have to take a look at that, um... Shit. I should be able to do it, uh... Time is mainly the thing here, uh... I may need to find, a uh, some sort of handle that can handle, uh... Some sort of magic enchantment on that shit. You'd probably be looking at the ballpark, uh... Uh, 500 or so gold for me to tinker around with that for you. Okay. Alright, he takes the uh, the chains with the blades. And did you have the arms attached to that as well? Yep. <laughs> uh, what, uh... I, I don't know if I could do anything with these things. You, uh, you want to take these back? I don't know. The bone seems kind of sturdy. Maybe you could use that for the handle. Oh, Jesus. This is getting fucking grim here. Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you what. Give me, give me like a day and a half. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do. Come on back then. But uh, but before I get to work on this fucking weird thing, uh, what uh, you guys looking to purchase anything? Do I <clears throat> looking around? Do I notice anything? Kind of magic essence coming off it. You, you look around, and he, this guy is looking at you, actively looking at the weapons. He goes, ah, oh, you're looking for something special, ain't you? You ain't in here looking for some basic shit. He goes, hey, uh, he leans in real close. You, uh, you like to stab shit? Hold on. We lost John. <sighs> so how you doing? I'm doing wonderful tonight. How you doing? I love to stab shit, crossing swords and all that. <laughs> all stuff. the crossing swords I could ever handle. Love penetrating other men. Can I just say <laughs> that? Just be about it, <laughs> Can I just say the more I'm playing Zeke, the more I kind of want to make a character with that voice. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... That's a that's kind of a fun voice to play as. Essentially, I'll just be playing Morty the whole fucking time. Pretty much. Oh jeez, guys, oh. what the hell are we getting ourselves into today? Oh jeez, Rick. Can't. Oh I Jesus can't Christ, Rick. I can't do it. All right. All right anyway. So the uh, big burly half orc leans in on you next. He goes, "So you are uh, you like to stab things by any chance?" Typically. Okay, that away. Um, I don't know. You seem like you like the, you know, small arms. Get in there, fucking do your shit, and then get the hell out, right? But, what have you got? He, like, reaches under the counter, and he pulls out a little box. He goes, I keep I keep all my freaking special shit in these uh, lead-lined containers. 
you know, just in case some, you know, freaks come by and try to suss it out or something. But anyway, and he opens it up, and there's like this ornate looking dagger on the inside. And just by him opening it up and your radius to it, you can definitely tell there's an or there's some sort of magical aura coming off of this. Okay. Because I had a, uh, I had a wizard in here from friggin', friggin' Long Saddle. And uh, he, he, he helps me out every once in a while, and he had, he had this interesting idea to kind of work together. And uh, this is one of his uh, first prototypes, he calls it. And uh, this shit, all he tells me is it'll, you know, tends to have a little bit more of a bite to it than your typical little little baby bitch dagger that, uh, well, I, mean, I, I make them, so I probably shouldn't call them baby bitch daggers, huh? But anyway, this thing uh, could uh, have a little bit of more stopping power. At least that's what uh, what he told me. Would you mind if I handle it? Take a look. Sure thing. He picks it up very gingerly. He goes, hey, uh, don't touch the edges. This thing is uh, way sharper than it looks. And he just offers it to you to look at. So I'll take it by the handle and I'll inspect it. Okay. What have I got in my hands, DM? You, you're, uh, after kind of looking it over and turning it and looking at, like, the engravings on it, you are pretty solidly convinced it's a, a plus one dagger. Alright. What are you asking for this? Oh, this little thing, since I gotta share it with the frickin' wizard down in, uh, up in, uh, that magic place. They're looking for, uh, look, we're looking to split it for, uh, 400 gold. Four hundred, huh? Four hundred. <sighs> Fair enough. All right, shit. I'm just handing the four hundred. Okay. Yeah, he goes, you, I don't know if you want the box either. I mean, you know, may seem a little bit cumbersome, but, you know, I don't have a purpose for this box right now. Nor do I. It's all yours. All right, cool. He, like, slaps it shut, puts it behind the counter. He hands you the deck. He, you're already holding the dagger, and he takes his 400 gold. Yep. So how does a plus one dagger work? What does it add to? It adds to both. Yep, it'll add to plus one to attack and plus one to your attack. Attack and damage? Attack and damage. So my current dagger has a plus six to attack and a plus three on its damage. So that'd be a plus seven and a plus four? Yep. Yep. Like a... I gotta find the modifiers on roll twenty, so I can edit it accordingly. He sees you, cut. He goes, "Ah, what uh, what do you what do you like to do? You like to stab shit? You like to punch shit? What's your thing?" Uh, I also like to. Stab things, but it looks like the best thing's gone. 
Oh, shit. Well, I don't know how long you give me a town. In about a week or so, uh, that, uh, that magic guy will be back. He said he'd be trying to bring me more, uh, more shit to sell here if you wanted to try to come back. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm looking for something a little less practical, maybe. And I, like, produce, um, my bag of ball bearings. Let's say, would you have any of these lying around? Did you make some? Uh, yeah, I should actually should have some out back. They use them, uh, occasionally over in the construction area whenever they need to, like, swivel things around. They actually, uh, use these fucking things to, you know, kind of make shit easier with, like, grooves and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I got a, I got a whole supply. How many, how many are you looking for? Couple bags, maybe two or three. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, now I can give you uh, the two bags for uh, two and a half gold each for five gold for the two bags. Uh, can you throw one more in there? He like squints his eyes at you. Roll a uh, persuasion. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? He, he produces another bag. He's like, "Yeah, these things are cheap to make." And I guess I was wondering, and I brandish my sword. At is there anything you can do to make this maybe a little, a little better? It's kind of dull. I don't know. Now that thing, I can, uh... uh... Do you know a guy? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, the, uh... The magic dude, like I said, I'm not... I'm not too good at, uh, making things a little bit better than what they are there, but, um... Yeah, like I said, in, like, a week, if he comes back, he might be able to help you out with that. Well, we might not be here in a week. Do you have a name? Because I think we're actually thinking about heading to Long Saddle, so maybe. Yeah, I think it's uh, shit. I'm I'm horrible at names. I think his name's Windell. Okay. He, he calls himself uh, Windell the Amazing, if you can believe that shit. This guy walks around like his shit doesn't stink. Maybe he is amazing. He could be. I mean, shit. I mean, that that dagger right there. You'll watch that, that thing will slice through armor like no one's business. Oh yeah, he said he's uh the master of enchanting or something crazy like that. It sounds like complete hogwash, but you know, when the <laughs> results are like that, that's funny. Uh, let's see. Also. Can I buy some Piton Pittance? How do you pronounce them? The, those Pitons. Pittance Pitons. Yeah, I don't know how the hell to say those either. You're talking about those spikes you put into rock facings? Yeah. Yeah, let me look. He goes out back. You hear him, like, rustling around. You hear, like, a, a couple crates being, like, wedged open. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, these things. And he, he comes out with, like, seven of them. He goes, yeah, no, I can... 50 silver or a pop. 
Or five silver a pop. I'll take five of them. Five? Jesus, two, two and a half gold. I like that shit. Excellent. How much was it? Sorry, five apiece. Five apiece. 25 gold. All right, two. You guys aren't gonna believe this. Yeah. It's pronounced. It's pronounced. P. No. Say that again. Yeah. P. P. That's 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 what I said. Like, it's a long time. e. Yeah, it's that's P. That's why I, that was one of the options I threw out there. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So how much was it? Twenty-five gold. Uh, five silver a pop. Oh, oh, yeah. So half a gold, half two, a gold per for two of them. I'll give you three. Uh, okay. <coughs> you come back here. You'll make some good customers, ah? Huh? And he like scoops up the gold and slides you over the the petons. Ah, oh, it just sounds so wrong. <laughs> They're weird. All right. Well, hey, uh, you ever need anything else? You come on, come on over to Old Bolva, okay? You're a good guy. Ah, uh, thanks. You're uh, not too bad for a uh, wooden human. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Wow, you must lead a shit life then, huh? Nah. All right. Well, you guys have a good day. Peace out. Uh, yeah, 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 peace. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys find yourself outside the coat of arms, dueling swords, crossing swords. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> The entire interaction caused me to forget the name of the other shop. Ah, uh, the uh, the rusty coin. Ah, uh, yes. So about let's head that minute. way. <laughs> so it takes you about a ten minute walk, and you reach the rusty coin general store. So you go inside, and there is a a wiry elf who turns around as he's messing with something on the counter behind and he has like this monocle that he has there and he just has this very stuck up look he looks you over he goes look what the cat dragged in today as you see um oh boy how how do you explain a cat to someone who's never seen one before Guess I'll have to work on that. Little, little lithe creatures that like to eat rats and such. I kind of just look at Thrym. We need to lose a few pounds, cat. What's a cat? <laughs> I'll explain later. As you can see, we have a little bit of everything here, as long as you have the coin. It's 
not cheap things. If you're looking for that, you might be down at the the broken satchel with all the second-hand merchandise. Not looking for second-hand. I'm looking for rare. Rare? Well, you've come to the right place. He has a curtain on the other side of the counter, and he holds it open, and almost immediately, like, you, you and Thrym both kind of feel there's some, like, good shit up on that. He goes, for today, until uh, my supplier can come back, I have a couple of items here. Because this this one is a uh, your typical uh, uh, extra dimensional bag, you know, nothing too special. Got one of those. Uh, I have this uh, silver raven statuette. I don't even know what the hell this thing does quite yet, but I just got this in last night. And uh, if you're looking for something, you brutish types, looks like you could use any sort of help in the field. Uh, this necklace might be of uh, some interest to you. How dare you, Matt? How dare you dangle a bag of holding in my face? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bags it's of holding aren't, aren't that uncommon, are they? What's the rarity type on that? Pretty sure it's just... It's technically considered a wondrous item, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if it was made by Wendell the Amazing. Hey, at least it's not Rigel the Mad. We already dealt with that fucker. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Hey, what's a necklace do? Oh, that one. Well, I shake my rear end at you. <laughs> <laughs> In character, nice. I bite my thumb at you. <laughs> this is a, a necklace of wound closure. Seems, uh, you know, we, we we get those occasionally. We we have a couple different vendors from the town up north. Uh, they excel in this kind of interesting enchantment. See, if you were to, uh, you know, lose consciousness on the on the battlefield, um, any wounds you may have at that point tend to get zipped right up. Uh, unfortunately, it only happens once. Then the necklace breaks apart into a thousand little pieces. Alright. So it's a fairy in a bottle. Like, bought the equipment. Sort of. And this raven? He looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yes. I want to inspect the raven. Oh, would you be able to... Let me know what this does. That would save me. You can do a... it for a fee, I bet. Right? For for a fee. Yeah, it's a service. It is a service. Tell you what, in case you purchase something, I'll give you a little bit of a deal then. I'll inspect the Ravenhead. Uh, so it's a, a little Steve, little small Raven. It's a, the whole Raven, like on this like little square block. It's like a little stone Raven. Uh, so you, just he goes, I haven't had the time myself to examine it, but, you know, I there it is. I believe it's Conjuration. Um, so this small statuette is small enough to fit in a pocket. 
Um, if you were to speak a word to it, uh, the figurine becomes a living creature. Oh. And this one, uh, you're getting the impression, uh, since it's a raven, it can be used to uh, cast the spell Animal Messenger on it. Hmm. And just from that brief examination, that's all you're able to get from it. Yeah. Robin knows what that is. <clears throat> no, no, I said I said Raven, not Robin. Who the hell's this Robin man? <sighs> Sorry, I'd do it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> there had to be one joke for my name. Yep. Fine. And he he holds his hands to take it back. He's let's let's see if I get the same thing, shall we? And he he holds it. And he looks at it, and he does this weird thing where he, like, puts it up to his forehead. He goes, yeah, nope, that's, in a nutshell, exactly what this is. It's a interesting, uh, conclusion you came to. You seem to really know what you're doing with this. So do you. I draw my sword and place it on his countertop. Oh. What can geez. you tell me about this? This, is that, is that obsidian? Yes. Uh, how the hell is that not shattered by now? Why don't you tell me? Um, okay, um... He, he picks it up. He, he, he makes very special care not to put his fingers on the, on the blade edge and put wraps his hand around the back of it as not get, you know, a creepy little cut from it. He goes, where, where, where did you get this from? That's not important. Oh. So I just want to see what you can glean from it. See, you're, you're a scavenger of sorts, aren't you? This was a gift. That's a... This is pretty interesting. It's, it's definitely a magical essence from this, but... Uh, I cannot put my finger on this. What, uh, what does it do for you? Great many things. I can't pick up a single thing from this. I can't even tell what school of magic this is. This is uh, quite extraordinary. So it would seem. So I take it you're trying to find out yourself the uh, capabilities of this weapon? I believe it has something more within it. I think you'll... Uh potentially need more of a uh, ritualistic approach to uh, discovering the secrets this, this has to offer. This isn't something uh, mere casters like ourselves can just hold in our hands and find out. You may be right. And I'll go to take the sword from him, and as I grab the handle, I'll make the lightning bolt within it flash brighter. Oh, Jesus Christ! Ah! uses electricity too oh okay we at least have a uh, conjuration knocked out of the park there Woo! okay well that woke me up anyway uh, I was about to say the uh, somewhat friendly wizards of long saddle might be able to help you out with that well that may be one of our next destinations excellent excellent now, what are you, you uh, asking? What are you asking for these items? 
Ah, dependent. Uh, when, which which one? Uh, which ones are piquing your interest? All of them. All right. Well, well, for the uh, the Raven statuette, that one's a a rather common one, if you can believe that. They uh, word on the street is they take the souls of actual ravens to put in the statues, but uh, I'm not sure I believe in that. These uh, these go typically for 300 gold. I could give that to you for uh, about 280. Um. The, uh, the the bag of holding yes yet again another another common item those those retail here for 350 again I could probably give you a 20 gold discount on that and the uh, the, the necklace since it's a little bit of a rare item um, I'd probably give that away for 400 gold again probably knock off 20 gold for your uh, for your help with the raven statuette. Let's kind of glance back at Cuddy. Give him a look of... You know, you know what to do here. Are you are you sure that, that that's the lowest you could go? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> He showed you a wondrous item. I don't think you've ever seen anything as spectacular as that. I showed you my sword. The experience itself. You should be honored to see that. Uh, roll me a persuasion. <laughs> and on top of that, obviously, it's very clear that you didn't even try to, to figure out what was going on with the, the raven. You just let it all happen front of you and you just took his answer oh that is just that's rude oh we've got a 28 28 <laughs> he seems very offended by the look on his face he has like this very like but as the face the face fades away he looks very hurt <laughs> that you had said that he's no no I, I i know how to do this i know how to identify magical items I'm not saying you don't know how to. I'm just saying if you get stumped, it's always nice to have someone around to give you a little guide. <laughs> yes, well, very well. Fine, if you're going to be in the area, I might call upon you again. And for that, I'd throw another 20 gold off of each item. It's your money. It's your money. Use it when you need it. So now I put the uh, necklace thing at like what, 360? 360 for the necklace, 310 for the bag of holding, and 260 for the raven statuette. <sighs> DM. At yes. what point are we going to start actually paying attention to what we're carrying? Uh, hopefully when you need it. <laughs> Why? Well, because you know, we decided we weren't going to do encumbrance, and I'm looking at my fucking inventory kit, and I'm wondering how the fuck I'm carrying all this stuff. <laughs> no, we're not that close to reality where we got to measure every ounce. 
I mean, I got the fucking sun orb. I've got fucking the ass. Oh my god, you're right. You still have that fucking sun orb. Holy shit. Yeah, I've still got like, oh, I've got so much stuff right now. I'm like, well, potions. Typically, how the hell potions, do I fit this in a satchel? Right. Hence well, the need for a bag of holding. I think not paying attention to weight is okay, but when we're just like stuffing like ten fucking pole arms into our backpack, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got like two different scrolls, a couple potions, that fucking tiefling horn chalice. Can't <laughs> you can't tell me that thing is small. that thing fits in your in your in your regular satchel quite well, right? With everything else. Ten torches. The fucking sun orb, which I'm pretty sure is what, basketball sized? That so yeah, I'm just that's... like carting this thing around on my hip. Yep. <laughs> looking like a, you're looking like a a drow Kobe. Just holding it on your hip. <laughs> I'm trying to dribble and it shatters. <laughs> Blinding you permanently. Yeah. <laughs> and scorching <laughs> in the area. Oh my god, I forgot all about that sun orb. How do you forget about that? You hit I, it with Because we, we haven't brought it up since you guys, like, got it. In, like, session three. Like three. <laughs> <laughs> or two. Two or three, yeah. Well, from what I gathered from playing an alchemist, even, like, health health potions and, like, buff potions and shit, those are, like, one- those are, like, one-ounce potions. Like, they're small. Yeah, they're vials. Which is why you're not able to, like, share it with other people, because, like, it's such a small quantity that splitting a health potion wouldn't help restore anyone's health. But the person who- Hey, would let's go to the bar. It. We can share a shot. We're- Bag of Holding Act does intrigue me, as does that <sighs> necklace. It also, if you want to get meta with it, you can, it'll also kind of explain why you can pull out or, or take some crazy large objects and just be like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah, you you pull out like ten a dragon lance. Yeah, ten pole arms, <laughs> one after one after another. I each swear, one, each one. My passport's in here somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> Thrym, do you have any interest in any of these items? Not really. I mean, the bag's kind of cool, but I can carry a decent amount. DM, would I know if that necklace needs attunement, or is it just something, since it's single-use, that I would just have to wear for until it's used? Um, something like that with, uh, it would most likely be, that's a really good fucking question. I think it's still an attuned thing. I think so. Just because of what it does... Well, that's just how, like, low-level magical equipment like that works. That's basically, like, a charge of a spell. Yeah. 
So I, I named it Necklace, but apparently it's an item called Periaptive Wound Closure. And according to rules as written, it does require attunement. Man, fuck. I don't think I can attune anything else. No, I can. I got like one slot left. Because I've got my sword and the ring. Mm -hmm. And that's all I've got attuned. Okay, so yeah, you'd be able to attune that for the your three out of three. Yeah, but I just don't have that much gold on me. Oh, fucking hell. Damn headphones keep falling off. I'm trying to be comfy and they keep sliding off my face. So what are you purchasing? Well, I can't afford any of it, so... Because I just bought a fucking plus one dagger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, quite a quite a shame. Um, I wish you would have stopped here first, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's just wishful thinking. About, uh... About you in the back. And he's pointing at you, Cuddy. What? Do any of these uh, wondrous items pick your fancy? I don't. You think I'm gonna get knocked unconscious? I'm a brute. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you are. It's just you know, think of it as a a form of insurance. I'm gonna have to pass. Okay, then I see, uh, what about, what, about, what about the big one? I'm going to look at him and say in Elvish, don't wave your hand like that at me. He, like, recoils back. He goes, oh, uh, interesting. Well, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I have, uh, other matters to attend to. He he closes the curtain with the items on. He goes, well, these uh maybe be here by uh, the end of the week. So uh, if you uh, happen to run into any extra gold, uh, you know where to find these. We'll certainly let you know. In the meanwhile, you should probably practice your identify magic. Yes. Yes, I shall. Eat. Kind of turns his heels and begins to tinker around with something on the counter. It looks like some sort of uh, bracelet. He's like trying to like pin together. I'm walking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all go. Y'all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> All right. So you guys are outside the Rusty Coin General Store. With a plus one dagger and a, a very sad man inside that store. <laughs> Hurt his feelings. I'm gonna hand the dagger to Cuddy. Whoa. What's this for? It's a nice dagger. It is, but I feel like you'll have more use for it than I will. I tend to fight from afar. 
you'd like to get up and close. Makes more sense for you to have it. Is this a gift? You can repay the favor later. He's such a nice guy. But thank you. Uh, point of note uh, from last session: Did you guys add the two hundred fifty from the from the bag I essentially stole from the Illithid? I believe you did. I did. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure I did too. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you guys actually did that. I think we should go check out the seamstress. You want to go talk to Reba McIntyre? I would like to. Moonbeam, moonlight, moon something or other. I believe she might be able to help me with something. Well, then let's go talk to a seamstress. <laughs> Perhaps she can make you a new loincloth. Yeah, that one's getting stanky. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys take some time to head on down to the Golden Thread. And this time... The... That all these shops are like a block away from each other. For, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> for... for... For, for the rationale of going around a small city, it doesn't take that long to get between little shops. So you see the, the door uh, this time is uh, wide open. And a little bit of a uh, little bit of the sunlight going in kind of shows you that there's uh, some dresses on display and some tunics and uh, basic basic uh, attire for the uh, average worker. I suppose I'll translate for you again. Thank you. So, why is, why is Nick's being so nice all of a sudden? This is freaky. You're all gonna die in your sleep. It's all fine. the sunlight. <laughs> this is your last day alive, better joy, bitch. No, the sunlight's getting to him. Sunlight sickness is affecting his nice niceness. It's burning away my hatred. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys are heading inside? Yep. And sitting there in a rather dilapidated-looking rocking chair is the little elderly gnome, little fluffy white hair. And she's rocking back and forth, humming a tune, and she has like a piece of leather, and she's like stitching it uh, together along with uh, what looks to be another separate piece with like um, the the rivets of a piece of uh, armor. And she looks up and smiles. What can I do for you? Gonna pull out my uh, tanned teethling skin. God. Oh. <laughs> uh, what, what? What can I do with that? I was. Yeah, it's about one point five square feet. I was wondering if you would be able to attach this to my armor, and if you did, if you think it would do anything. 
And uh, you're you're translating this next. Yeah, begrudgingly. Uh, what uh? That looks interesting. I don't recognize that kind of leather. What what is that? Teethling. I don't say teethling. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell her that we pulled it off a of beast in the in the underdark. Oh. Um, okay, I can attach it. Um, what uh, what piece of armor you want to attach that to? My my chest plate. Your chest plate. All right, all right I can I can do that over the next day or so. Um, you'll have to leave it here with me though. I might have a task I have to accomplish first. All right, I can I can do it another time for you. It doesn't seem too bad, you know. Lots of hunters like the like the trophies attached to their armor. Seems to be a kind of an interesting trend amongst people like to kill the creatures and then put the little trophies on their armor. But that's uh, I can do that. I will ask her. I, I will expect. I will express to her the creature that was felled from which we got this hide. At a natural fire resistance. Do you think that ability might be transferred onto the armor? Or is this merely an aesthetic change? Oh, so it's uh, potentially enchanted. Um, Potentially. We're not sure on the properties of the hide. Well, I guess uh, we could try it and find out, I guess. That's, that's, you know, that's how they usually do it. You get a piece of enchanted gear and uh, attach it to the rest, and after a little while, it tends to absorb over the rest of it. But yeah, if there is something there, we could potentially see within a day or so that it works. But ooh, fire resistance—that'd be uh, that'd be quite interesting, huh? Hence our interest in doing this. No, uh, yeah, I, I could do that. Yeah, whenever, uh, whenever that big guy wants to bring it back. Um, You guys, uh, you guys are the ones that uh, talked to Clinton last night, huh? I would not speak so loudly about that, but yes. Oh, no one listens to the rambling of an old woman anyway. Anyway, whatever you guys are about to do, you you stay safe, okay? He Appreciate says, uh, he says tonight you guys are gonna come back. Yes, we'll All see right, you knock, this evening. Knock on the side window, okay? You knock on the door, I won't answer it, but if you knock on that side window right over there on the left, I'll, uh, I'll come and open the door for you. Do you think you could have it done by tonight? If you expect it to be an enchantment on there, um, I might need to purchase some additional thread that might hold that in place, so uh, no, I wouldn't be able to ten- by, by tonight. This is going to take a little bit of a uh, extra expertise in the uh, the field that I'm in. Might you suggest that someone in Long Saddle could have it done in a short amount of time? Oh, the magic folk! Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, they, they seem to help out a lot of people in town uh, the best they can without getting in, uh, in the way of Mason and his shit. That seems to be the consensus. 
Yeah, they're able to make a little bit of money off of us and vice versa, so, uh, you know, we help each other out. But yeah, if you're looking for something in the way of magic, yeah, up there is, uh, unfortunately way better than down here. What would you like to do? Would you like to leave behind your armor for a couple of days? Or would you rather wait until after our errand this evening? I'd rather wait till after our errand. I suppose we'll see you later tonight, Reva. Alright, you take care. Don't get uh don't get killed before tonight, huh? I don't plan on it. You either. She just smiles and goes back to rocking and humming a tune on your way out. Do I recognize the tune? I, you do not. It's, a it's got, <laughs> it's fucking country music. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys What's are outside. Hmm? What's wrong, Pat? You a country fan? No, <laughs> not in particular. I mean, I can't get down on some Willie. Nelson, <laughs> Willie Nelson, guys, come on. These these jokes incidentally write themselves. And I'm not editing out a single. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. You three are outside the Golden Thread. It's about a little after one o'clock at this point. I'm sorry, what time was it? Probably a little after one in the afternoon. You would guess. Hmm. Interesting. What? Thinking aloud. Would you gentlemen care to try this gambling we heard about? I think I think that's right up from Zally. I'm always down to make some coin. <laughs> I don't like the DM's grin. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Alright, can we ask around and see if we can find somewhere to play some games? Yeah, you ask a couple random people just on your way kind of back to the center of town, and they're just shrugging and they're going, well, you could probably find anyone to play in uh, any of the towns, inns, and taverns. Oh, why don't we go talk to Zeke? Maybe he knows where to find something. So you guys make your way back to the tri-bar trough. You see Zeke, he's uh, cleaning up from lunch. There's maybe about ten or so people. It looks like about four of them are uh, Mason's Mason's uh, mercenary guards. And they're just chatting in the, in the corner. Um, as you're as you're going in the tribor trough, 
uh, right-hand corner. It seems to always be, you've seen it before, where they kind of hang out in the corner near a lot of the windows, because you see them occasionally, like, glance outside, and it looks like it's just, a, like, a prime spot for them to kind of do their jobs while not doing their jobs. And Zeke kind of just, like, smiles and waves at you guys as you guys come in. You guys are back early? We've completed our shopping for the day. Well, that that's good. So what, uh, what can I get you? You need some food, or...? Has your protection money been collected today? Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's once a week. And what of the men over there? Those guys, those, you know, I occasionally get the, the guards that come in here and and talk shit and eat food and, you know, to give, give me a little bit of money. How likely do you think they would be interested in gambling? Oh, them? Oh, pretty much any guard will probably, uh, jump up at the opportunity to, to blow their paycheck on shit. All right, yeah, um... You see, you see that Grim over there? He, he's kind of a regular. That, you know, I get the impression give you a run for your money. Walk over to Grim. Is he facing towards me or away from me? He, he's facing away from you. I'm gonna slap his shoulder. Oh! The hell do you want? Good afternoon. Uh, hi. I hear you like to play games. Uh. Uh. Like. I'm new to the idea of gambling, and I want to try it out. I oh. hear you're fairly well experienced. Oh, gambling? Oh, I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about at first. Uh, yeah. You're, you're looking to, to gamble? Sure. Why not? Alright, he, he, he looks around at the other guards, and two of them kind of crack smiles. He goes, alright, yeah, no, uh... Yeah, we got a, we got a game, we got a, it's called Shuffle. You interested? How do you play? All right. He goes, all right, this is usually with uh, three or more people. So the more people you have, the crazier it fucking gets. He, I kind he of point over at my compatriots. <clears throat> kind of give him a little, hey, come on over. What are we playing? Playing, uh, we're playing shuffle. You know it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, this shit's easy. Alright, so he points to one of his other guys. He goes, alright, which one are you use a plane? We got Hugh, we got the, uh, the weird woodman. We got myself. We got, we got Kirk over here. He's gonna play too. Is a big guy joining us, or is he going to sit there with a thumb up his ass? He's got big thumb. <laughs> I think he's just going to watch for this round. All right. Okay, you're new to this, so let's let's start a easy. Uh, so we put uh, 10, 10 gold in. We take, uh, he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out some dice. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you take, you take these, and you roll them on the table, and you add up the numbers, and the first one to 120 wins. 
That seem uh, simple enough. Seems simple enough. All right, so everyone's down for 10 gold? Sure. Um, I'm going to yell to Zeke. Hey, Zeke, you got any other dice here? Uh, I probably do. Why? You, you, you need some? Yep. All right, yeah, uh, hold hold on a minute. He runs to the back room. You hear some shuffling around, and he comes to me. He's like, yeah, I got a, I got a whole thing. He, he has, like, a pouch and all sorts of different, like, shapes and colors and sizes. <clears throat> if you don't mind, let's use these dice. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, he points to uh, three of them. He's, like, he's essentially pointing to three D20s. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna use those. All right. So since uh, since you're new, you you good with I go first? Proceed. Excellent, excellent, excellent. He starts rubbing his hands. He goes, ah, this is this is fucking fun. I'm on my I'm on my fucking gambling. This is good, boys. This is good. Rolls. We got an 18, we got a 4, and an 8. It's 30. Alright. Kirk! Hey, you fucking numbskull, it's your turn. Make me do math. Fucking. I feel bad for me. I've never. <laughs> you got a 16, a 14, and a 5. So you got fucking 35. Alright. You, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Drow, is that a is that a sensitive thing for me to call you, Mr. Drow? I don't care what you call me. Okay. You roll three D three D twenties and add it all up. Do I have to say what I got? <laughs> yeah, we need to see we need to see what you got. Sixteen, six, and four. Now add them up and uh, let me know. 26. All right. And now uh, you, Mr. Mr. Woodman, your turn. Two. 15. Five. 22. 22. All right. Now it's my turn, baby. My turn. Woo! I got a 20, a 3, and a 13. Did you just say he rolled a 20? Yeah, I rolled a 20. The symbol's right there. You don't believe me. <laughs> DM using weighted dice. <laughs> Kirk! <laughs> fucking pay attention. It's your turn. Kirk got a 9, a 13, and a 15. Alright, Mr. Drow, it's your go. Okay. 14, a 13, and a 1. Ooh, that's oh, the no, shit luck. No, misread it. That was a 7. Glare off the die. 
All right, what's the total there? 34. 34. Not too bad. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right, Mr. Woodman, your go. 10. 3. 16. 29. Uh, this is fucking close. This is close. Three-way close. This is pretty fucking interesting. I'm getting fucking juiced. All right, here we go. Here we go. Roll number three. Roll number three. You got a 10, a 13, and a 9. Why am I doing a basic? I have a fucking calculator on here. <laughs> hey, Kirk, you piece of shit. You're fucking looking at that chick out the window. Let's go. Kirk got an eight, a seven, and a fucking one. What a fucking loser. All right, Mr. Mr. Dark Elf, it's your go. Hold on. <clears throat> 17, a 2, and a 12. 31. 31. So if my calculations is correct here. You're at 91 points. Yes. All right, Woodman. Take it home. Seven. 16. 11. 34. All right, you're at 85. Still anyone's game, except for Kirk over there, that son of a bitch. Here we go, number four. Number four, don't fuck me. We got a six, and a ten, and a six. Kirk, you motherfucker. Twelve, a three, and a thirteen. All right, Mr. Drow, you go. Sixteen, eleven, and two is twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Fucking getting close. Give me one moment. That. That puts me at 120. Hold on, Kirk. Kirk is not good at fucking math over here. He's got. He's doing his little calculation. Don't be declaring yourself a winner yet, you fucking dark skin piece of shit. 
I'm already made it there. As soon as he says dark skinned piece of shit, I flash my eyes with lightning at him. Oh, that's a that's a cute fucking trick. You can tell you can tell Grimsman drinking a little bit. Holy shit! Yeah, you're fucking right. One twenty. You uh, motherfucker. All right, Cuddy, you wanna? Or, hey, Woodman, you uh, you got one more roll if you can beat one twenty. I think you already beat him. You have more than one twenty. Can you not I got math? One, I got one sixteen. Kirk got one thirteen so far. Yeah. Daki over there got freaking 120. <laughs> and you're at a... <laughs> you're, at, you're, you're at 85, though, so... We got a you, 20 to start. Okay. <laughs> oh, let down with a 6. And an 18. So, 124. Oh, my God. Looks like, uh... You friggin' went over there. See, so takes the right. pot and like pushes it towards you, Cuddy, and it's forty gold. Wait, did I win? Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. Yep. I got one twenty even. You exceeded one, so you won. Man, I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna, you know, put bread on the table tonight, but you know, that's what it is, I guess. Shit. Well. We gotta get going before uh, one of Mason's spy goons decides to come around here and uh, ask what the fuck we're doing in here gambling. Spy goons? Yeah, he's got uh, some of the guards. They're, uh, they kind of guard the guards, if you know what I mean. There's so many of you, though. He's got all sorts of little divisions. You got the little little baby bitch spy troop that, you know, check up on us. He's got the, the group that comes in and shakes down the businesses. He's got the group that guards the gates, you know, all that shit. Oh, man, that sounds miserable. You guys have a tough job, and and he has to treat you like that? How does that make you guys feel? Look, it ain't, it ain't a lot of money, but uh, it ain't such a bad gig, you know? You get to meet interesting people like you. You know, you can be a little bit of a, of a loose cannon sometimes, but, you know, no one's ever worked for a perfect boss, you know what I mean? True. True. But why does he need spies? Are there really that many of you guys causing problems? Look, uh, between you and me, and he like leans over because he's been sitting next to you at the table. If, uh, any one of us kind of gets out of line, so to speak, and Mason finds out about it, we end up in his little fucking dungeon inside of his mansion. Usually it's a, a couple nights in a jail cell, but depending on what you did, they end up uh, kind of branding you a little bit as punishment. Have you ever been branded? Uh, fuck no. I think the uh, worst thing I did was uh, they ended up finding me uh, half asleep on my post the other day. They kind of kind of shuffled me around a little bit and kind of gave me a shiner, but, uh, you know... That was it. I didn't get sent off to the jail cell. Well, I'm glad they didn't. Because now I'm, now I'm ten gold richer. Yeah, that's okay. If I meet you here the next couple days, I'll get that gold back. Oh, you think you will. 
Oh, I know I will. Uh, luck of the goddess ain't with me now, but damn, that bitch will be coming back for more if you get my drift. Been a pleasure. Uh, will you take care? See you later. Don't get in no trouble. Remember, I'm a guard. <laughs> and I'm a spy. <laughs> okay, it's... See you, see you later, fucking weirdos. And all the guards saunter out of the building. Over from the counter, you hear, you hear Zeke, huh? How the hell did you get rid of them? I don't know. I don't think he liked my face. Uh. Do you really get that scrutiny a lot? Oh, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, oh, okay. That, why do you guys keep messing with me? I swear to fucking God, one of these days. How well, do you guys want to get some rest before tonight? Time is it? At this point, you guys have been merrymaking and reveling. It's probably 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. So we got a few hours before night. I mean, yeah, we can. We can certainly prep. You've been off a quiet through. Do you have any thoughts? I don't think we have anything else we need to do, so. What time were we supposed time. to meet? Was there a time we were supposed to meet? Was it eleven? times dark. Just when it's dark, when the sun is on the other side of the planet. The other side of the disc. <laughs> Silly me. Alright, so you guys are gonna head up to your room and kinda speed your way through the day? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so you guys take your rest and do your little security setup to make sure nothing is uh, gonna interrupt you getting a little bit of shut-eye before the night. And before you know it, the the sun has gone down, and I would just say probably Cuddy would be the one to kind of mostly pay attention to the light level. So he would be the one to kind of poke and prod you guys awake to let you know that the sun has gone down all the way and it is dark out. Yeah. So you guys are making your way over to the golden thread? Yes, sir. Cool. So you guys get there, you are noticing yet again the, the guard level has dipped quite substantially in the streets at night. And you get into the area the golden thread is, and you see a little bit of candlelight again coming from inside. Um, and the door is closed again. I'll go over and gently tap on the side. Okay. 
and then from the from your left, uh, so you you go. Uh, you're looking at the building. You go on the right hand side of the building to one of the windows, knock on it, and then from the front door, you hear like a latch, and you hear the door creak right open. And as you go to the front and everyone's kind of looking, you see the little elderly woman is kind of uh, holding the door open for you with a kindly smile. Can I make sure that no one's like hiding, trying to watch us through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll a perception check. Natural one. I don't even see my feet. Yeah, you you literally don't even know how you got here. (laughs) (sighs) Guys, I think I'm sunblind. Damn thing is too fucking bright. I can't see shit right now. What are you looking for? Just trying to see if there were any, any, if there was anyone watching us. So I'll take a look around. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. You could, you and Cuddy could both roll perception since you guys were heading your way over. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Eighteen. Eighteen. You guys notice the 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 ever since the other night. Uh, the guards haven't really been giving you guys any heed, so Cuddy, you're, you're you're noticing a lot of the guards like glance up at you, and then just like mind their own business. So you're getting the impression that uh, word has gotten that you are kind of like private investigators of sorts. Like the guards have been told to leave you alone. Um, but no so one's and no <laughs> and no one's really given you a second glance on your way over. Uh, Thurm, you've noticed that too. Like, no, the guards are no longer shooting you daggers. Uh, they're just kind of like looking at you and then just moving on their way, examining all the little alleys and shit for trouble and stuff like that. I think we're good, Nix. Doesn't seem like anybody's paying attention. Oh, right. no one, uh, no, no one gives a shit about anything around here, to be honest with you. And she smiles and beckons you guys in she closes the door behind her uh just gets up on her tippy toes to like put the lock back on she goes come come with me come with me and she begins walking out back and opens this sliding door off to her right into a a very basic back room she has crates uh lining the walls there's no windows in this room um some of the crates are open and as you guys are kind of peering in you're noticing like bolts of fabric. Uh, one of them has a very strong smell of like freshly cured leather, so it's a, a very strong odor coming from that crate. Uh, one small candle uh, she's holding as she's bringing you in uh, kind of makes it a little bit spooky, but it it, it kind of smells like a, a like a very lived-in closet almost with a lot of fabrics and things like that. There's a carpet on the ground. Uh, with a very basic, like, star pattern on it. And she just grabs it and lifts it up. And there's just some floorboards underneath. And she goes, oh, uh, 
Well, shit, do you have a... Uh, I have a needle, hold on a minute. And she offers uh, the candle to you, Nyx, to hold. Hold it. It's one of the one of the one of the tricks Clint likes to do, and she pricks her finger with the needle that she takes out and lets the blood drop right under where the carpet was, and this circular sigil begins glowing in a bright purple. And with that you hear almost this mechanical click happen. And she removes the rest of the carpet, and then without trying to touch you with the blood, she like offers to take the candle back from you. Yeah, I'll hand it back. He's uh staring at the sigil though, I'm fascinated by it. Just uh, g- give it a sec, it'll uh it'll pop open, uh y- you'll you'll find Clint inside. And she begins to walk out of the room. And right as she right as she gets to the threshold a bit between the, the closet and the main area, you just see the sigil like glow even brighter and like a trap door kind of creaks up. Hey, old lady, you know that's creepy, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of disturbing when a couple times you see it, but, uh, you know, Clint's a interesting fellow, isn't he? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys, uh, you guys are looking down. You do see some candlelight uh, flickering up from the little stairwell that's there, but from your point of view, all you can see is the wooden stairs go down, and it looks like a cobblestone floor up ahead of you. I'll just walk down. Okay. Sure enough. Following behind Thrym. Sure. Yes. Roll there over to this. Get mine. So, going down the rickety wooden stairs into the depths of the golden thread, you're greeted with a stale odor of death. In the dim light, you see a dilapidated basement, the back wall long collapsed upon itself. To the left side, upon entering, you see a basic cot with stitched together blankets and pillows. Neatly to the side, you see nine clear jugs of a red liquid with a little cork popped in the top of it. To the right of where you are, you see Clint standing over the corpse of a town guard. The guard lays on a crude table with strange metal slides underneath. Flowing down from the sides into a clear jug is a slow flow of blood. Clint is looking over the body and you can see he's tugging at something. He glances over a little bit. Whose blood did you use? The old lady. <sighs> Makes sense, but I feel that poor woman has spilled enough blood already. Very well. So he turns around, and you see the, the cleaver that he had, and he has another one of those uh, white handkerchiefs, and he's wiping the blood on it and hooks it back onto his belt. As he turns his body, you see that the right arm of the dead guard is completely severed off, and there is a very deep gash in the neck as well. As far as you can tell, this is a different guard from the one you saw the previous night. 
thank you for coming. I suppose uh, a little bit of explanation is uh, due to my co-conspirators. I, I told you. So. Sorry? I believe so. I believe you already know about my family. I didn't sleep the night that I found them dead. I just sat in my chair and stared at the cold, dead fireplace in front of me. All these thoughts running through my head. Now, I was never a religious man, but that night in my head, I pleaded and begged for justice and revenge for the death of my family. I had my shears in my hand, my thumb rubbing up and down the blade, as I always do when I thought, all the time screaming in my head for something to happen, a way for me to extract my revenge. I felt a sharp pain in my thumb as it pierced the edge. I looked down, right to see a drop of blood hit the floor. When that happened, the fireplace erupted into flame. Something from the flame spoke to me, said if I wanted revenge, take it. And a cleaver shot out from the fire and landed at my feet. This one. I picked it up without hesitation. Strange thing was, it was cool to the touch. I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, the power of bargaining, but I must have struck a deal with some entity. I didn't care. I knew things now. New things. Things I didn't know before. And Mason would pay for what he did. As I began to walk out of the room, a blackened dagger shot out from the fire as well. Something in my head told me I needed to use this to kill Mason. So I set off for Mason's... Mason's mansion. I looked through a thick black window in the back and just envisioned myself on the other side. Before I knew it, I faded out and appeared inside of his home. As soon as I realized I was inside, I rushed to the second floor. I had reached his bedchamber. Mason was sitting on the edge of his bed, holding a candle and a book. I used the shadows to approach him from behind. I stabbed the dagger into his back, aiming for his heart. I must have mistaken my approach, it however lodged into his spine. Mason fell to the floor, facing up. He got an arm up and began to flow fire magic from his hand. I dodged out of the way, but his bed and his curtains blazed into an inferno. He did get a good look at my face, though. He, he must have known of me. I'd been his father's barber, and I saw Mason at the mansion occasionally. I ran back down the hallway and went to the first floor. I heard footsteps rapidly approaching, and I again used my ability to appear outside the same window I had traveled through the first time. The next morning, both my home and barbershop were burnt to the ground. I went here to see Reba. She gave me this basement to hide in. I placed a plot how I was to finish the job I was assigned. 
as he's been saying this, he's been looking at the blood dripping into the jug from the guard. At this point, it's slowed down to a trickle. At the back of the room, uh, near where the collapsed uh, portion is, you guys notice a very vivid blue sigil that as Clint picks up the jug and has walked towards it, uh, began to glow a brighter and fiercer blue. He gets to the middle of it and just pours out the blood onto the sigil. And where you would expect a splash as it hit the ground, it just fades away into nothingness as it touches the ground. Clint looks behind at you guys. As you can see, the price for my power is a little bit grim. But this is what gives me the ability to do what I do. And this is what will give me the ability to kill Mason. Unfortunately, Mason got very paranoid after I snuck into the mansion. From what I was able to gather over observing over the next month or so, he had reinforced his window with some sort of magical enchantment. I can no longer phase through such enchantments. The front door is obviously out of the question. He's got that big ogre under his control as well. I'm not sure if you guys have done any research on the place, but I had found one entrance that I don't think anyone pays attention to. Out in the back of the mansion, there is some sort of sewer that he has. After examining it, I notice traces of blood in the runoff water that happens there. I think that may lead into somewhere inside of his mansion. Somewhere dark. Probably where they torture and kill people, but a way in. So unless you three have a better option, that may be our point of getting inside of Mesa's mansion. Well, we did discuss, you know, tying you up and just walking through the front door. But smiles at that. That's not a bad plan. But it would at least guarantee us passage by the guards. We also discussed that this could be a trap set for us as well. And if we just walk in through the front door with you wrapped up, that could give them an advantage in taking us out of the equation as well. Clint uh, gets done pouring the jug and goes to place it underneath the table again. I have no doubt in my mind if you that plan were to go according to what you guys would want, I agree he would double-cross you as soon as he had me inside the mansion. Then stealth is our better option. I have a little bit of an idea of what we'll encounter in there. 
mostly hired thugs. Of course, we'll have to deal with uh, his big ogre butler of sorts. And Mason, I'm sure, has powerful enchantments. He may look weak and feeble, but I have a feeling he's set up some sort of defense mechanism upon himself. Thing is, once we're inside, I have an impression that the windows that he put in to prevent magical emanations coming from inside also could potentially insulate us from the guards on the outside. Just a hunch, but I have an impression if we were to get in there undiscovered, that we wouldn't have to worry about guards rushing in. Sneak in and lock the doors behind us. Sounds like a viable plan. Well, we're going to have a little bit of an issue getting straight to the mansion. So I've been saving up. And he walks over to his bedside where there are nine jugs. He goes, would you mind helping me? He takes a couple jugs and then like beckons that you guys do the same. Where? You got a problem, you know that? Nah, I believe it's more of the entity that I made a deal with that has the, uh, problem with the UL. So as you go over to grab a couple, those two jugs were from a rapist. Those two jugs were from a man I believe killed a child. Every single one of these guards... They weren't good people. I stalked them. I found out what their crimes were. And I'm putting their blood to more positive uses, if you will. And with that, he begins to pour both jugs onto the sigil. And the same thing, it, 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 it's as if the, as soon as the blood hits the ground, it winks out of existence. And you guys continue to do that for a few minutes until all the jugs are poured out. And then as soon as, like, the last drop of Clint's bottle hits it, there's this loud, deafening crack. And a blue swirl appears on the floor. The sigil begins to rotate. Clint looks at you. I have good authority. This will be able to get us right where the entrance to the sewer is. Without us having to travel through the town. Shall we? So do I just like... Step in it? Do I jump in? Uh... It might be have better results to jump rather than step in. It could be... I don't know what the train will be like on the other side. 
You first, Clint. Very well. And he double checks his his pack. He's got like a little like almost like a fanny pack off to the side, and his cleaver that he has, and he holds on to the cleaver and the little fanny pack, and then just like hops, bunny hops directly to the center of it. And Clint is gone. Alright. You ready? Hop on in. Yeah, I'll just jump in. I'll go in last. Just imagine Thrym, like, cannonballing into that. <laughs> so the everything in your vision once you jump right in becomes blue the blue shifts as if the color begins to fade into a yellow then a dark yellow it fades to an orange and then finally to a dark dark red and right as that happens everything becomes a little clearer for you and you guys are falling into what looks like a pure lake of red. There's no land around you. The skies are an orange, a light with orange and yellow electrical bolts that come from seemingly out of nowhere. Below you, you start to see the water churn as you become closer and closer. You guys are dive-bombing at incredible speeds now towards what perceivably is an ocean of blood. And right as you get to about 20 feet, Another blue opens up, and you see blackness inside. And right as you do, you see like a, a wave appears as if a creature is rising above, and that's when you guys fall through the portal. And you guys are just kind of unceremoniously like, right out onto a little green hill. And Clint is standing up and brushing himself off. He goes, that was rather jarring, don't you think? Just a bit. <sighs> attempting to get every piece of dirt off of me. You guys look up after you dust yourselves off and Clint takes the cleaver out of its little holster. You see the back of Mason's mansion uh, about 30 or 40 feet up this hill. And next to you is a very smallish hole with it looks like a cobblestone lining to it, and you see what looks like a little runoff of this little tiny, like, hole. Clint walks over to it. This will be a little bit uncomfortable, but this is the way in. Are you going to fit through that, bud? Look at Thrym. DM, am I going to fit through that? <laughs> You'll, yeah, if you squeeze, um, it would be considered comfortable for a, a sm like, a medium creature to just walk through, like, crawl through on their hands and knees without, um, without having to squeeze. So for, for you, it would be, like, your shoulders would be squeezing up against it. But you see Clint going first as well. And he's, he's able to kind of go through. He has a smaller frame. Uh, such as Nixon Cuddy. Uh, but your big frame, it looks like your shoulders will be kind of rubbing up against the cobblestone. But you, you should be able to make it. You believe. Alright. So I'll follow Clint and... You said it was okay. cobblestone, right? Yes. 
I want to try and blend into the sides. You got so. it, man. Here, roll a stealth check while you're shimmying down the pipe. Nineteen. Nineteen. How, how are you going to blend in when you fill up all the empty space? <laughs> Just awesome like that. <laughs> so as you're crawling, Clint is like kind of whispering to himself, but you guys are kind of hearing a little bit of it. And he's kind of like saying Mason's name. He goes, Mason. The ogre. Thugs. What was it? Mason, the ogre. Some hired mercenaries. Something else. And you hear him whisper towards you guys. You guys wouldn't have happened to spoken to any of the guards about what is inside, have you? Yeah, isn't there a torture chamber in here? That's uh, kind of where I think we're headed, to be honest with you, but... So that kind of thing doesn't strike me as something that a common mercenary would do, don't you think? Would the what? big ogre be the one that tortures people? Oh. I don't know either. And as you guys are crawling through the pipe, you're getting occasionally like a rat that's kind of scurrying by you. You've got like this like horrible smell that is very reminiscent of Clint's basement. But this one has been a stagnant a lot longer. And as you guys are kind of shimmying up this like sewer pipe, uh, you guys are getting a stronger and stronger smell. About five minutes of climbing up and you could tell it's been like a like a slow vertical increase. Uh, you get to a spot, Clint says, I think we're here. And you nix, uh, who, who went f after Clint? I did. You did. As you're seeing Clint hold his hands up, and, like, you hear him, like, struggle a little bit, and you, you hear, like, this, like, scrape as he, like, shoves off a grate. He goes, Mason. The ogre. Mercenaries. I feel like I'm missing something. All right, Succubus. Well, hmm. I've never seen them anywhere near the mansion. I know he uses them to mess with people's minds, but he doesn't usually use them to fight things. They're too fragile for that. Anyway. Come on up. And he, like, hoists himself up. And he reaches a hand down to, like, help you, Thrym, out of the hole. I'll take his hand and try not to pull him in. <laughs> like, All right. You, you, he doesn't have... It's it's more just a like, a like a helpful gesture. And as you take his hand, you feel your hand uh, grow a little numb by touching his flesh. Interesting. But you can't tell if it's because of the angle at which you were climbing up that you were just kind of getting a weird, like, issue with your arms and legs. Um, because your shoulders kind of feel a little scraped against as you went up. 
Um, so you come up and you, uh, you you do the same. You look down and Clint is offering to help out Nixon Cuddy as well. When I take his hand, do I sense it? Uh, no, but uh, Cuddy and Nix, you guys are feeling the numbness too. Like there's there's warmth to his touch. But for some weird reason, it's leaving the, the the outer layer of your skin kind of numb. As soon as you let go of it, though, the feeling goes away. But uh, you would kind of just assume that there was some sort of magical essence about him. Yeah. So, you guys are now out of the little sewer poop hole with the blood and the, and the rats. Uh, you are now in a, a rather large square chamber. Um, it looks like there's a couple corpses in the corner um, to your north uh, east and to the south as well in there. It looks like there's one way out to your uh, southwest. Um, it the, looks like the, the angle of the floor kind of goes towards the grate. So if something was bleeding on one side, it would slowly drip down to the grate and out. Uh, you're noticing a... Uh, a couple manacles with like the big balls on it to hold people in place. Uh, you guys are definitely getting the impression that this is some sort of torture chamber. Yeah, some sort. Some sort. And Clint is I like, like I'm, I feel like I'm Luke Skywalker and I need a lightsaber. <laughs> it is uh, mostly dark, but it does look like there are uh, candles lining the room. About five or six, maybe every couple, uh, every couple feet or so, um, giving a very like creepy movement to the shadows of the corpses that are in the room and to yourselves as well from different angles. And Clint looks at you guys, Mason, the ogre. Let's see if I can right. redo a little bit of this. So it started where I said it as he comes around the corner, essentially? Pretty much. Okay. Okay. And the minute. So coming down the hallway, peeking now through the edge of the doorway, you see this massive pair of horns peek around the corner at you, a giant bull face. It takes a couple more steps in the room, dragging this massive club in its hands. It immediately stares at you and roars. And that's where we will leave our session.